TMTV Awards, the Terrace Music Television Awards. <laughs> yeah, there, now there's our opportunity. There's the opportunity. Play, Al Jazeera would pick it up in a minute. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, January 1st, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 370. This is No Agenda. Kicking off our last trip around the sun ever. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where apparently, uh, I don't know, we're just not get to, we're not going to have a great connection today on January 1st, 2012. I'm John C. Borak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Wow, well done. Way to kick off the new year. Rocking. <laughs> tight. Real tight, John. what I do? Well, you just, your opening was kind of like, uh, you trailed off. over? No, no, no. Are you kidding me? We never start over. Ever. What? We never start what? over. <laughs> I can find example after example. So we, uh, so Skype, <laughs> Skype decided to crash on me uh, upon usage this morning. Which this is, uh, I find very peculiar. Well, it's a Microsoft product, so it doesn't surprise me at all that it's starting to suck uh, the minute a date changes or something. It's, it happens all the time with Microsoft. <laughs> it changes the thing stops working. Yeah, it's, a, it's typical Microsoft. It makes no sense that it would just crash. It was so we, we, I was explain to people I was we'd call each other and then he'd say, "Are you there?" and I say, "Yes," and then it would be disconnected. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd hear you actually say yes, and then uh, a dialogue would pop up that would say, "This program has crashed. Would you like to a?" Close the program. B, find a solution online. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? That's like the old abort, retry, fail. It's exactly what it is because you click on that and it goes like finding solution. <laughs> you can no wait. solution online. You can wait for a long time because it doesn't find anything. And then the chat room was like, they're, they're all coming up with so many different suggestions that it scrolls off too fast for me to click on any link whatsoever. It's a completely useless. It's like, ah, uh, okay. Anyway, I reinstalled Skype, and uh, now it seems to work. It's the big Skype reinstall of 2012, everybody. In the morning to you, Johnny boy. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and to all ships at sea and boots on the ground and feet in the air and feet in the water. And, of course, uh, the human resources hung over but still kind of charged up in the chat room. Noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. I guess you guys are all ready for another 365 days uh, actually, it's less than that. I think we're now at 354 days until the end of the world. I don't think that many people hung over. People were freaked out about going out because of all the threats by the police state. Uh, did you? Go- oh, we're going to arrest everybody <laughs> drinking and driving. You're going to get ruin your life. Did you go out? Did Namini force you to go out last night? Yeah, we went out, and I I was the designated driver. I refused to drink on on New Year's uh, Eve. Yeah. Period. Except water. What time did you uh, get back in? Uh, I got back in. We got actually. We get back. Uh, we went around. Did went to dinner. Went to party. And but we actually got back at the house at uh, quarter to twelve because I have you know some champagne here oh, that you had is good special champagne. champagne yeah. And we get to watch the fireworks in San Francisco from the balcony. So yeah. well, we uh, we watched from our balcony. We saw the Austin fireworks. We actually we had. Did dinner- you see it really from your place? Oh yeah, there? you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you see it right over the ridge. You see it all popping up and stuff. Oh. But we went to uh, San Antonio uh, to have dinner. Have you ever been to San Antonio? Yeah, I have. It's a beautiful little town. It, well, it's not a little town. It's like the the fifth largest city in the United States or something like that. It's pretty big, actually. I was unfamiliar with that fact. Yeah, but they have the River Walk, which is it's kind of like a cross. It's between... a bunch of bars and, and restaurants. It's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's like it's kind of like Venice 
meets Amsterdam in a way. Yeah. And uh, it was really nice. We had uh, uh, New Year's Eve dinner at uh, Steakhouse Rhein. There's a lot of German stuff. I never knew this. There's all these German st- settlements all over Texas. Mm. And you have see all you, you drive to San Antonio and you see like uh, Stittenhausen-Wagenberg. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's the craziest thing. It's like it's all weird because the- I don't see the Germans warming up to Texas necessarily. It's not, there's nothing similar. No, apparently it's, uh, there's a lot of German. And, well, I mean, it's... Uh, well, they make some beers down there that are decent, uh, German yeah. style. Well, it's Austin Bergstrom Airport. So, you know, there's another German Germanization for you. Hmm. Anyway, so I uh, so we got back, and of course we're we're uh, we're in the Central Time Zone. And for those of you who have ever been in America, you see on television that'll be on at eight seven Central. So we're the seven part of that, which is really weird because in uh, everything's an hour early for yeah, you. Yeah, and in California, of course, uh, they you know they delay by by three hours. So it's just like you know you just pretend like New York didn't happen. It's happening all over again. Uh, but we watched. Uh, we were actually bopping back and forth between the New Year's Eve uh, programs. Highly entertaining, I have to say. Did you watch? And now you got back too late, right? So you didn't see much of it. I didn't watch any of it. I we were, I was I got back in time to watch the fires, but in the but between twelve, just before the fires, I was still getting clips. So um, first of all, so Times Square once again was sponsored by Nivea, which is just so disgusting. It's Nivea. The, yeah, the, remember last year we talked about this. This is their new thing, and they have a stage with all these um, chapsticks. With oversized chapsticks, it looked like huge tampons holding up the stage, and then they have this uh, kiss of the of the of the new year, and then they always have someone propose. You know, it's it's all, it's all about kissing Nivea for their chapstick product, and the, and everyone is uh, wearing big blue Nivea crazy like cat in the hat hats, and uh, and they all have you know like blue. They're, they're like dildos. It's like they're waving blue dildos on Times Square, and it's uh, it's the Nivea balloons. So that's, it's all commercialized. Uh, yeah. Well, but it's gotten really bad. And and it, bar none, the word of the evening, amazing. It's just amazing here. It's amazing. Oh, it's so amazing. It is not amazing. It was not amazing. We had Anderson Pooper. Live on CNN with Kathy Griffin, which was, I mean, if there was ever a, a, a team not meant to be together, it's Anderson Pooper and Kathy Griffin. I can't imagine. I saw the previews. They had previews of it. Yeah. And which makes me wonder, I guess they did it last year because they couldn't have preview. How could you have previews of a show like that? And uh, I just thought they didn't work at all. No. And, uh, Kathy Griffin's annoying. And and she was using the vagina thing the whole time, and then she, Lady Gaga performed, and then she, she took off her dress and was standing there in her bra and panties, which I actually have to say was kind of funny because Anderson didn't know what to do with himself. He's like, "Oh my god, a woman! I don't know what to do." Um, on uh, on ABC, Carson Daly hosts. I actually have to say, it's called Carson's Countdown. Um, now they had the, the the Nivea sponsorship deal, so they had the stage with the big, uh, you know, the, the big deal tampons. And uh, Carson, I have to say, I like how he does it. He he he's very cool. He's, he's a good host. You know, he's he's not like Ryan Seacrest over there on uh, NBC doing. Uh, oh, it's the other way around, I think. 
Yeah, uh, wait a minute. No, uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. That's is that NBC or ABC? I was. No, that's, I, I, that's NBC. Yeah, I could go look it up. No, 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 no. That's uh, something. I, doesn't I matter. So Carson Daly's doing Unless a pretty I'm good job. I'm in New York. I don't care about yeah, what's going no, on. No one cares. But Carson Daly's doing a good job. I have to say, as a television host, he's good. The guy is smooth. I've always he's thought like, Carson Daly was very professional. Yeah, professional. But he's got his personality is lacking. He doesn't have the, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of charisma. Mm, it's okay because I just want the guy just to like talk the bits together and uh, hang out a little bit. He did a good job. But then, just before midnight, they have CeeLo Green. You know who CeeLo Green is. Yeah. So CeeLo Green gets on the Nivea tampon stage to sing Imagine. And, uh, and, oh, and yeah, he's singing, and by the way, poor performance. But, you know, okay, I'll give, I'll give him that because of, you know, the, the setting and the monitors and everything. But he, he didn't hit, he just couldn't hit it. But I'm listening to this guy singing Imagine No Possessions in his full-length mink coat with his huge gold watch. I'm like, really? John Lennon's spinning in his grave right now. <laughs> Disgusting. I like the irony. But then the funny thing. Maybe it was supposed to be humorous. No. <laughs> I was laughing. Mickey and I were both like, oh, my God. Can't, I mean, you have to see this guy's watch. It's as big as my head. And it's, it's like, and it's like <laughs> gold. Yes, you're pretty big. And I got a big head. Big head. So then we have um, Ryan Seacrest. Uh, who is so hypey and like, you want to reach through the screen and just slap him. And uh, he's doing Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Now, Dick Clark is a staple in the in the United States, and he's always done live from Times Square for 40 years, actually. And uh, and I like Dick Clark. I've, I've worked for his company a couple times back in the day. I've yeah, okay. Good guy. You don't like him? I think it shouldn't be on TV anymore. Well, just like, well, thank you. This is the point. So, uh, in in a in a time span of one minute, we have Lady Gaga, who was wearing a diamond crusted dish on her head, which is so heavy because you don't see her face. In fact, it maybe wasn't even Lady Gaga. She was probably at home and just sent some some bimbo to wear this diamond dish on her head. That's not a bad idea. You know, Andy Warhol used to send out. Andy Warhol lookalikes to give his <laughs> public speeches. Good. Well, we this is so I encourage this, but unfortunately, it probably was her. This thing was so heavy that it's pushing down on the bridge of her nose as she's talking like this. Just Ryan is really great to be. Uh, it's really amazing. So she can barely talk, and then they switch over to Dick Clark, bless his heart, who's who's who had several strokes, and he he's like uh, it's funny. It was it was like. It was like the, the New Year of the retards. It was like, please get this off my television. I love Dick Clark, but he, get, he can't be yeah, on television yeah, anymore. Okay. It was horrible. He was born in 1929, so you can, and that's what he says he was born. He was probably uh, probably fudges that. So. Well, but but he had a stroke, so he has difficulty speaking, and he's probably 90 years old, and it's really yeah. uncomfortable. You know, because he, he, he's not, uh, uh, and then they cut away because you, you know you, you can't watch him. I guess. Well, you might as well put uh, 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 Michael Douglas's dad on. <laughs> Get the, a couple uh, more of those guys. I mean, if you're gonna do it, go over the top. Yeah, just have a whole slew. Of them. <laughs> it was it was really pathetic, really really sad. I'm like, ah. Oh, anyway. Well, meanwhile, while you were uh, being distracted by this crap. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I was uh, drunk. I was drunk. You know, on a Saturday when everyone's watching f 
football and getting you know either watching college coming off college football day on Friday professional last day of the season on Sunday big day tomorrow on uh, um, Monday a bunch of bowl games BCS games all this New Year's New Year's New Year's on a Saturday with nobody looking. Obama signs signed the NDAA. I know, I know. No, I, I. How much coverage? I don't see any coverage of him signing it. It's like I'm looking at the front page of today's New York Times. Nothing. There's nothing. a thing about Obama nothing. strategy for the 12 elections. Frustrated with GOP. There's not one thing about him signing that crazy bill, which now, of course, allows the military to arrest citizens of the United States well, on it, American property. It's even worse because he released a statement along with the signing of the bill. A written statement. This is a Bill 1540, H.R. 1540, which he now says is 500 pages. I don't know how that works because I read 900. Uh, and I pulled two quotes from his statement. Uh, so this is not, you know, I have no audio from this, but just uh, his written statement, which is on WhiteHouse.gov. I have signed this bill despite having serious reservations with certain provisions that regulate the detention, interrogation, and prosecution of suspected terrorists. That statement... So- so he's got reservations? Yeah, this is his hedge. So like, now this is his hedge. Yeah, and then... Now I had reservations, who knew? So then further uh, along in this statement, against the record of uh, our record of success, that's uh, killing uh, bin Laden or whoever they killed, some in Congress continue to insist upon restricting the options available to our counterterrorism professionals and interfering with the very operations that have kept us safe. My administration has consistently opposed such measures. Ultimately, I decided to sign this bill not only because of the critically important services it provides to our forces and their families. Bullcrap. We know that that's only like 18% of the money. And the national security programs it authorizes. Yeah, like underwater sub bases. But also because the Congress revised provisions that otherwise would have jeopardized the safety, security, and liberty of the American people. What hubris this is. Moving, moving, <laughs> what nerve. Moving forward, my administration will interpret and implement the provisions described below in a manner that best preserves the flexibility on which our safety depends and upholds the values on which this country was founded. Values? Values? No, how about the Constitution? There's not a single thing. Uphold the values. This very, very, very tricky language that's being put out there. Well, it's just it's just in it's 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 just bullcrap language. He's <laughs> yeah. just saying this. You mean yeah. it's like you know signs a bill that that interns everybody. Well, this is for the public's good, even Not for the public good. Even worse, we're doing it for their own for their own uh, safety. We're you know this sort of thing. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that this would happen. And then of course it do, and to do it on a Saturday oh, yeah. like this. And, this and he's in Hawaii, Saturday. John. He's in Hawaii. He's not back. He's in Hawaii. He's on vacation. Yeah. Well, he, he yeah he doesn't want to be around when you know you just you never know. Maybe somebody yeah. would protest. Now we were in San Antonio. Apparently An- not. When we were in San Antonio, I, I understood because San Antonio is like you know, it's like two and a half million people. And now uh, Mickey uh, jumped into uh, a liquor store to get some champagne to take uh, to take back to the casa. And I'm standing out there because I'm smoking. I'm like, I'm just, by the way, how far of a drive is it from your house to San Antonio? Hour and twenty five minutes. That's not too. Oh bad. no, it's great. And um, and I'm standing outside, and the and just, I'm just observing the people. Oh man, they're all idiots. <laughs> I'm just like, well, no wonder no one cares. All these people, there's guys hitting on girls, they're heckling, cat calls. Woo! They got tattoos on their heads. 
and four like dollar signs in their necks. It's like, wow, no wonder everyone's hammered, drunk, just falling down. Like, no wonder. You know what? It's actually I'm like, this is actually good. Lock these people up. Get rid of them. And meanwhile, in the Los Angeles Times, um, report that the military is now forced to rely on civilian contractors who are placed all along the levels of the drone kill chain. Because wait, wait, wait. That wasn't the word they used, though, the drone kill chain. Absolutely. Quote, quote, the kill chain. Quote, I have it in quotes right here. Um, Drone, who's using the wordage? David S. Cloud. I mean, that's the writer, but uh, where's it come from originally? Who who first coined the word? We have to have somebody dig this one up. Well, let me uh, let me look up the whole article here. I just have the extract. Uh, It's from businessinsider.com. Um, according to Clump, well, I have to go to his article now. Hold on a second. Let's let's take a look at it. This is because yeah, it's, I mean it's in quotes. The kill chain. Wow, the uh, drone kill chain. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> it's really. Yes. Is that a keychain around your neck? No, man, that's a kill yeah, chain. It's a drone kill, kill chain. chain. So he talked to Major General Timothy McHale. By the way, someone right away should be going for that one. Dronekillchain.com. Absolutely. Uh. So maybe he maybe he used it. I don't know, but it's good. Um, so the whole problem is uh, that it takes so many people to fly a drone and more staff than an F-15 that, uh, you know, the, the Air Force that doesn't sound right to me. Well, when you think about it, um, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's only one dude flying and then they have, you know, they have uh, operations. Well, yeah, but why would they have more maintenance people than a regular F-15? Which and check it out, out. check it out. Twenty-two. It's like down half the Here, time. There's here's the details. Thousand guys working on it, John, pounding away. This is why the military-industrial complex loves it because check it out. About 168 people are needed to keep a single predator aloft for 24 hours, according to the Air Force. The larger global doing hawk, what? <laughs> we, you know, like a, a, calibrating. The Global Hawk surveillance drone requires 300 people for a 24-hour period. In contrast, an F-16 fighter aircraft needs fewer than 100 people permission. Even that seems a lot. What are they doing? Anyway, so that's where your drone kill chain comes from. And so it's all civilians. And we know it's civilians because half of them listen to this show. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't drone us, bro. Hey, don't, don't, don't drone me, bro. Please, please don't drone me, whatever you do. So it's going to be civilians in this uh, drone kill chain making making decisions all along the way. Uh, it's just, it's, it's the year that, and we, 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 the world might as well end. So, um, well, it largely has, you know, uh, my uh, J- Buzzkill Jr. and I were discussing some of this, and he, uh, I think we came to the conclusion, or he did, that, uh, you know, this, this, NDAA may actually be uh, because it essentially makes it so that the Patriot Act's not necessary if you really look at it carefully. And I'm expecting we're expecting you to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us are, by the way. What? What do you mean to read? What? I've already read everything. What are you talking about? The whole about? thing. Okay. Well, it's it, 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 the way it's written. It seems as though the Patriot Act could be tossed out, and this thing could take care of it. Oh yeah, yeah. We don't need it. So, so I'm thinking that it's a prelude. 
to Obama or some of these other douchebags coming out and saying, we're going oh, to get Act rid of the Patriot of Act. <laughs> we're going to negate it. Good idea. I like that. Because they don't need it anymore. They've got this thing instead, and it makes you look like a good guy. Yeah, the Patriot Act was a little, we, 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 you know, it's taking our freedoms away. Meanwhile, we've got a military state. I really like that concept, John. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. I've, I, um, I just want to set this up here. So I, uh, there were a couple other things. Because I was actually doing some work, believe it or not. And I had my, you know, my daughter was here. And uh, she went back. It's, it's been real busy. Sounds like it. But um, what happened uh, just in, 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 in the few days uh, since our previous program was, of course, uh, <laughs> something I love that we studied on this show, and I had to bring back a clip just to look at it. This is, uh, well, here's the report, and I'll stop it after like 30 seconds or so. You, we can talk about Democracy it. Democracy groups with American ties. Our world affairs correspondent, Jill Doherty, is joining us right now. Jill, what's the very latest on this, uh, on this issue? Well, Wolf, you know, this is an indication of how seriously this is being taken here in Washington. The Pentagon saying that Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta spoke by phone with Egyptian Field Marshal Tantawi and expressed deep concern about the raids, thanked Tantawi for his decision to stop them, but he also emphasized that it's critical for Egypt to continue on the path to democratic transition. Okay, so this is uh, about uh, the Egyptian military forces, who of course are in charge, Raiding the uh, 17 NG, quote, NGOs, non-governmental organ, organizations. Now, this is very important, the non-governmental organization part. And uh, as we know, these are basically spy organizations who are outfitting the techno experts in all these uh, countries and giving them, you know, like uh, Internet in a suitcase. And it's, it's completely sponsored by uh, by the state. In fact, literally by the State Department. We know they have a 300 uh, uh, what was it? Three hundred billion dollar budget? Three? Yeah, three hundred billion dollar budget. No, three hundred million. What was it? What did Lucifer get? No, no, I, I don't remember. Three hundred million. Was, but it wasn't three hundred no, million. Three hundred. No, three hundred. No, she got three hundred million. Three hundred million. It's just what one weekend in uh, you know Bermuda for no, no, that's, Hillary. That's just for funding these outfits. So they so they busted in and they took laptops and it's like an outrage and everyone in the news. This is an outrage. These are these people are just trying to help democracy. They're just trying to help. So um. It, so you know me, I'm watching the uh, the State Department uh, website, and the spokeshole comes out, and uh, and she gets a question about, uh, can you really assure us that these are really like, isn't the, aren't these funded by the State Department? Just for the record, could you, could, for the record, could you just um, tell us? Uh, often it is um, it's alleged that they are an arm of the U.S. government. They do receive some type of funding from... By the way, if you go to ndi.org, uh, uh, you can see that the State Department is funding it. It's not, not like alleged... Yeah, no, we're talking specifically, you didn't mention NDI before. Oh, I'm sorry. The NDI. But it's not alleged. They say it right there on their website. State Foundation for Defending Democracies? Or is that what it is? What's NDI? A National uh, Democratic, Democratic Institute. Institute, yeah. Can you just explain precisely? Now, now, by the way, this is a script because immediately this woman starts reading the script about what the NDI is and what the relationship is with the State Department. So she would know off the top of her head. Yeah, no, no, no. This question is expected. No, I'm just saying this, the, the woman would obviously there's if somebody asked me about the NDI I, out of the blue, I would say I would have to look into it. Right. No, no. Here it comes. What is their relationship, if any, with the U.S. government? 
and um, could there be any attempt to overthrow or do anything like that in another country? These are both non-governmental organizations. They are uh, strongly supported around the world with U.S. government funds. Their primary purpose uh, around the world is to support the development of democratic institutions. They work most actively, both NDI and IRI, in countries that are in democratic transition. They do things like train uh, poll monitors. Train no, they train poll monitors. Okay, this is really hard, by the way. Democracy is really hard. You have to train people how it works. So you got to train people how to stick their finger in the ink pot. Train poll <laughs> workers. Train political parties in how to mount their campaigns. But oh. they don't support any individual candidate, any individual party. He's reading this. Uh, and all of their work is open to public scrutiny and to government uh, scrutiny. Yes. And we've been, particularly in the Egyptian case, extremely transparent. They have been extremely transparent about the programs that they have in Egypt, about who's participating, etc. Okay. So, uh, so I remember that uh, Lucifer, clippity-clop Clinton, uh, did a keynote on November 7th at the uh, NDI. And of course, uh, you know, if, if you looked at the news reports, it was like, this is Madeleine Alb Albright's uh, non-governmental organization. This is so wrong. But, but Well, pff, listen to Hillary clippity-clop. Lucifer. Just last week, the World Economic Forum released a report on the remarkable benefits countries see when they bridge the social, economic, and political gaps separating women from men. And helping them get there is a priority for the State Department and for me personally. Uh-huh. Graduates of NDI training program. Graduates of NDI training. What is this, a college now all of a sudden? We have wow. Well, let, me, what, let me interrupt for a split second. Yes. <laughs> and mention some of the things. Because non-governmental organizations, which are huge, they're all over the place, would generally start, would be normally thought of something like Greenpeace or in the olden days. But this is a, almost a commercialized operation. Madeline Albright's the chairman. I'm looking at their, at their board Website. of directors. Yeah. Tom Daschle's like the vice chairman. <laughs> yeah. People on the advisory committee, Mario Cuomo, for example. <laughs> yeah, good, all good guys. William Alexander, the former chairman is Walter Mondale. Uh, Howard Dean is on the board of directors. <laughs> I mean, this is a, as an NGO, this is obviously a bunch of hired gun stooges yeah. that are that know how to get money from, from the taxpayer, mostly, and whoever else gives them money. Well, well let's listen. Can't imagine anybody voluntarily giving them money. Oh no, no. It's, this is uh, well, yes. Uh, contractors give them money, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure uh, yeah. uh, your boys at uh, Blackwater. Yeah. Went. You mean uh, what's their new name? Phi or foe? No, or no. They went from Z. Z. They went from Z to uh, to. to who can't remember. I can't even remember. What's Let me look it up. Freedom. It was like Patriot or something. This is something really bad. <laughs> All right. It was designed to help women run for office. Now sit in local councils and parliaments from Morocco to Kuwait. Yeah, it's called spies infiltrating. But we all know a great deal of work lies ahead to help all people, women and men, find justice and opportunity as... Academy is what it's called. Yeah, Acad Academy. Academy. Yeah. Full participants. <laughs> 
in new democratic societies. Now listen to this. Along with our economic and technical help. Economic and technical help. Okay. America will also use our presence, influence, and global leadership. Wait, I thought it was just to train pole dancers. I don't understand. Now all of a sudden we're using influence and technical and financial support. Okay. To support change. And later this week, I am issuing new policy guidance to our embassies across the region to structure our efforts. Mm -hmm. Policy guidance across the region. In other words, more spying, more go go out and uh, make a ruckus. In Tunisia, Egypt, and Libya, we are working to help citizens safeguard the principles of democracy. Uh, it's so hard. Like they, like, right. Yeah, well, it's, 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 like these cultures don't have a clue. No, and they never they're will. idiots. They're sand bunnies. They don't know anything. That means supporting the forces of reconciliation. The forces of reconciliation. I love it. These are great words, Lucifer. Rather than retribution. It means defending freedom of expression when bloggers are arrested for criticizing public (laughs) officials. So what are they doing? Like if a blogger gets arrested, they go kick some ass and free him? I mean, what does this mean? It means standing up for tolerance when state-run television fans sectarian tensions. And it means that when unelected authorities say they want to be out of the business of governing, we will look to them to lay out a clear roadmap and urge them to abide by it. This sounds like a lot more than what the spokeshole just said. And on this journey that <laughs> listen, they have begun, listen. the United States will be their partner. Check it out. And of the many tools, tools. at our disposal. Tools! The National Endowment and NDI and all of the family of oh, organizations. The that- family of organizations. Oh, I love it. It's like that's all of them. All, the whole family. It's all paid for by who, Lucifer? Were created three decades ago to help people make this journey successfully. We'll be right there. I heard Madeline say when she introduced me that I defend NDI. Well, I do, and I also defend IRI. I defend those organizations that we have created, that the American taxpayers pay for. There you go. Thank you. The American taxpayers pay for a non-governmental organization. I'm not an idiot. This is really annoying. That was a long road, but I think it was worth it. Well, there's more to come. Not a, now. In, so I'm watching this spokes hole, and all of a sudden, uh, there's an Indian guy. By and, the way, I want to stop you for a second, interrupt, and just mention because she did drop the National Endowment. She says, "Yes, that's that's." And also that important. refers specifically to the National Endowment for Democracy. Which is, uh, I'm taking this right off the uh, book of knowledge. The U.S. nonprofit organization that was founded in 1983, that would be during the Reagan administration, to promote democracy. It's funded primarily through an annual allocation from the U.S. Congress within the budget of, get this, here's our buddies. Oh, yeah. USAID. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. USAID. That's your economic hitman. Yeah, that's right. So then, so then there's two Indian guys in the audience. So yeah, it's a little difficult because, you know, you have to kind of get into the accent. It's a sh- short clip. And the first guy goes off script and the woman is like, uh, she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> the second guy is so on script that it's funny. But this first guy is like, who? remember David Headley? Yeah. Well, who's David Headley? I just remember his name. Well, Want he, me to look him up in the book the of guy, knowledge? Or can he, you tell me? He, no, look him up in the book of knowledge. He was the guy associated, a CIA uh, asset, with the Mumbai attacks. 
Oh, right, 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 right. So this guy goes off the reservation. Uh, National Investigation Agency of India had charged a number of individuals, including several ISI agents and also uh, LET uh, connections, and all, including Mr. Hadley, who is here in the U.S., with, with the U.S. of, I mean, Indian officials had already interviewed him in Chicago. My question is that uh, this is in connection with the several bombings in, throughout India, including in Mumbai attacks. Uh, have anybody contacted the U.S. with this uh, charge sheet, uh, which, is, which was handed over in Parliament this week? So essentially, Om Malik here is, uh, is saying, hey, uh, David Hadley uh, you know, needs to be questioned uh, because uh, the guy was clearly involved with the Mumbai attacks, which uh, was pretty much, it was certainly a false flag. Um, has anyone uh, reached out to the State Department to interview this guy? Because this is all wrong. And this was not in the script. Yeah, the David Coleman Headley, formerly known as Daoud Saeed Jilani, that guy in Chicago. Yep. Pakistani guy. Here's the answer. And if they have requested any uh, further uh, interviews or uh, uh, getting Hadley to India for further questioning or to face charges? Uh, I don't have anything in particular on that, uh, Goyle. I will take the question. If we have anything to share, we'll get back to you. Yeah, okay. What are you doing? Now, here comes the funny bit, and it is a long stretch, but it'll pay off in the end. Now the, now the real Indian guy who was supposed to ask the real question pops the question, and she's reading all the answers once again, and it's, a, it's an eye roller. On, on India, yes. um, you're sending a comedy group to India. What is the comedy behind it? <laughs> okay. So just so you, in case you didn't understand it, you're sending a comedy group to India. What is the comedy behind it? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> well, thank you for that to, to gender. It, we are in. Thank you for that to gender. Thank you for getting us back on script. Indeed, sending uh, an Indian American comedy group. Uh, we are supporting a seven country to a seven uh, city tour that they are making around India. They're called uh, Make Chai Not War, and this is part of our uh, regular global cultural exchange uh, program that we do around the world. There are three Indian American comedians, and the reason we decided to support this tour is because the, among the things that they are known for is their talk about religious tolerance, about the importance of breaking down prejudices, and about the positive experiences they had growing up as Indian Americans in the United States. They okay, that sounds great. Make Chai Not War, a positive group going around India, American Indians. So I go to their website. Would you care to hear uh, one of their stand-up bits, this positive, <laughs> politically correct... I'm sure it's a beauty. <laughs> I was in Washington, D.C. three years ago, and uh, I went to the Smithsonian exhibit about diamonds, diamonds from across the world throughout history. And they had a picture of the Kohinoor, and a caption that read, The Kohinoor is one of the largest diamonds in the world. It is found on the British Royal Crown and was originally found in India in the mid-1800s. Right. It was just found in India. It wasn't taken from India. It was just found there. Because we didn't know what the fuck they were, folks. We didn't know what the fuck diamonds were. We didn't know. That's probably the reason. We were fucking eating them. We were fucking eating them. We didn't know. We didn't know. We were grinding them up, putting them into curry, you know what I mean? Diamond biryani. Yay, it's Thursday. Diamond biryani day. Fuck stovetop, kids. We got diamonds. But luckily, the British showed up. 
And first they taught us how to use the opposable thumbs, right? And then they taught us how to walk on two feet. And then they took those evil diamonds away before we had something else to do with them. Man, fuck the British. Fuck them. I know it sounds ridiculous to be bitter, but the Queen of England, fuck the Queen of England. There you go. That's, uh, that's your politically correct comedy group that we are sponsoring. So basically we're sending over some... Some Indian comics to to breed more anti-Western yes. hatred in the, in the region. Particularly against the British. Well, that's good. At least they focus it. Now, of course, the question that arises in my mind is, well, what is this comedy tour costing me as a taxpayer? They will Lots. be in India January 4th to 17th. As I said, in seven cities, in addition to doing shows, they'll also be holding audience discussions on these issues of religious tolerance and doing workshops and religious uh, tolerance <laughs> yeah yeah fuck the British interviews with the press uh, which cities and uh, what is the budget uh, I believe the full tour costs about a hundred thousand dollars uh, the US Embassy in New Delhi is supporting them with a grant of eighty eight thousand dollars a hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars Wow, John! That's a good gig, and they get to float around India and eat eat on the uh, on the tab. Somebody we, else's tab. We, dude, we we got to get into this scam. Yeah, well, we uh, just need to have some nasty comedy to do. Yeah, it's unbelievable. A hundred and eighty-eight thousand, and of course, by then I'm like, NDI. Who cares? This is crazy. <laughs> They're sending out completely anti-Western culture, anti-British comedians to have talking <laughs> sessions about political correctness. <laughs> Make Chai not war. And, you know, the guy's stuff, some of his stuff Make is actually. Make Chai not war. It's <laughs> just crazy. Well, until we get our comedy troupe together, we're going to have to uh, continue to just get by with the help of our producers. Yeah, we do have a few. Let's name the ones that we just name our executive and associate executive producers before we get on to uh, more, yes. more topics of interest. Let's do. Uh,. We have uh, three executive producers and two associates uh, today, beginning with Jason Hoffman, who is uh, uh, in the, somewhere, parts unknown, essentially. He's got an APO address. He's, well, he says he's from, uh, right now he's in Pizza Pie, Italy, uh, serving in the United States Army here in Italy. And let, thought I'd give a shot to begin, become an executive producer. After listening to your show for several months, I've decided to stop being a boner, become a donor. Yay. Though I'm proud to say I've been propagating the formula where every get the chance to make sure to put we need some stickers to be posted in italy uh yeah for sure and uh he loves the insight and thought-provoking uh commentary create with your media assassination and shield deconstruction of all the douchebags out there vying for control of the planet as a security police member in the air force hey, hey. i do find that when you talk about police and military action you tend to be wrong about 80 percent of the time no no it's more like 79 percent. i think i don't think it's. Uh, i think it's 78 to be honest about it <laughs> We're wrong. Yeah, we're wrong. Okay, we don't. All right, how are we I wrong? I think this is. I think this is. Give Adam plenty of ammunition to go on his highly entertaining rants about how ridiculous he thinks their actions are. I do admit, I myself though think some of the recent events to be overboard. However, I w would like to give the following douchebag callouts to my dad. Do we have the rest of this? Because I, this is truncated on my thing. Um, let me see if I can, I can scroll down a bit. Hold on a second. So what happens when you have... Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's uh, it's weird on mine, too. It only puts in so much. People shouldn't write these memos to be this long. Uh, hold on a second. I got, uh, oops, where'd it go? Well, he needs a douchebag call out to a couple of people. Yeah, well, hold on. Let me see. Uh, to my dad, Kip. Douchebag. For turning me on to the show last summer, but still hasn't donated. 
my good friend. <sighs> yeah, and then then it goes all haywire on me. Hold on, maybe I can make it smaller. Yeah, we gotta do something about this. Uh, well, I mean, it's the problem oh, yeah, is my, we have to. Here we go. My good friend AJ, who uh, I punched in the mouth several months ago and converted to the cause, but despite plenty of warning, still let me beat him to the donate button. And to you two. Douchebag. <laughs> Why do we get douchebagged? Why do we get douchebagged? I don't know. Anyway. $370.37 you can call us to douchebag. It's like sitting in the dunk tank for Jason. Yeah, really. And, and But he doesn't actually say how we're wrong 80% of the time. No, it's typical. This is a guy who who knows we're right eighty percent of the time. <laughs> but he knows we're going to mention his name, so he wants to. Uh, but he doesn't. Butt. But he's you know he's part of the system. He's part. He's a cog in the military industrial <laughs> complex wheel. He's a part of the orders. He's a part of the drone kill chain. He's part of the drone kill chain, and he's blaming us. Hey, we're just the messengers. Yeah. Jason. By the way, uh, according to Shield, dronekillchain.com dot com now. Uh, Redirects to noagendashow.com. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Our people are the greatest. Onward to Justin Bakke, or uh, probably Bakke, because it's uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Bakke. Uh, gives Got some money for Christmas, thought I, and, and I thought, what the fuck? I'll produce an episode of the greatest <laughs> podcast in the universe. In the universe. <laughs> Thanks for the great. I can't do a Cajun accent. Thanks for I the great it. show. I love and it. And happy distracted New Year, uh, Justin Bakke. Uh, Lafayette. Lafayette, Louisiana, where he eats the onion. I like it. Thank you so much. And our third executive producer is old iShare Meteor, which is actually Sir Lennart uh, Renkema in uh, Groningen. Uh, Groningen. And, he, Groningen. and he's just crediting Lennart with no comment, which actually screwed us up this morning because uh, JC says he was stuck on this. Three, it was $320.12. I want to thank him for that. Because the fact that there's a comment in there, can't mean no comment, so it makes no sense to type no comment in the comment box. Okay, that's just JC being a computer engineer, a chip a chip maker. Oleg Rakatini, hey, Sir Oleg, Sir Oleg in, yeah. uh, in Richmond Hill, Ontario. I'd like to make a birthday shout-out to my brother, and he's, we'll have that later, yep. uh, he, which is, falls Today. on January 1st, which yep. has got to be miserable. At midnight of New Year's Eve, it usually goes, Happy New Year and... And happy birthday. Also, I'd like to request karma for him and the rest of the family in the new year. Thanks and keep up the good work on the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. My, uh, my sister Tiffany actually celebrates her birthday on January 1st, and it is a big pain in the ass. She hates it. Uh, and then finally, our last executive producer, he came in, uh, Oleg, on 201. <coughs> Was in twenty cents and two hundred one. <laughs> well, that's twenty twelve is what he did. I like it. Twenty twelve, right? And Jerry Jones missed that by she coming in with two hundred one dollars, and she came, she sent a card. This came in in the mail, uh, and she said uh, she calls herself a big ass blonde. She's from San Antonio, and she's from San Antonio. You could have had dinner with her, yeah, and she could have picked up the tab. I love and, big ass blondes, and she's a big ass blonde. She says, and if you look at the mail came in. On the return address, it was B.A.D. and then her address. Uh, first, I heard of No Agenda through, of all things, PID Radio, a Christian conspiracy the webcast. Really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, so, it props out to them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. It says that I've listened to the show religiously while I'm working at my government job. <laughs> oh, yeah. The big ass blonde government. Well, you know, uh, San Antonio is uh, a big uh, military town. Really? Oh, yeah. They got Air Force, Navy, all kinds of stuff there. It's crazy. 
and says, in lieu of karma, would you consider redirecting your Sean Hannity? We can't because the Sean Hannity thing is the, it would really screw us up on the. Oh, uh, no, the SEO. Uh, that's the only thing that we're actually getting SEO on is SeanHannity.com. So we need, so, so instead of in lieu of karma, we'll give you some karma. You can have that. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Big ass blonde karma. You've got karma. And I'm going to give her a. That's one mother I'd like to. I think she deserves So we want to thank all these executive producers for uh, sponsoring today's show and want to uh, remind people that this is the new year. We might as well uh, start thinking about how we're going to make it through to the end. Uh, Go to Dvorak.org org slash na channeldevorak.com slash na noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com where the mugs by the way are fantastic and you should buy one <laughs> yes please and let me put aren't they aren't they nice the mugs are very nice yeah yeah, yeah uh, and they're big they're not like the little no no ones. they're tall they're tall is what they're not big they're tall well they hold at least a cup and a half of water yeah or coffee as you wish yeah they're very nice i like them a lot um, and I need to program your brain for a second to open up those gray cells. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Donating is loving. And uh, some PR initiatives. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andy, is it? Uh, no, wait a minute. It's. Uh, oh, here, first we have uh, Andy um, from Gitmo Nation East. I'm a future film music editor composer and occasional movie producer in Gitmo Nation East. Big fan of the show. I, too, was inspired by the Open the Door Mr. Curry clip to contemplate how great a movie could be about two cult podcasters on the run from them. But unlike the guys from Australia, I had done nothing about it yet except buy the domain noagendathemovie.com, which is currently forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, but as and when the guys complete their movie, I'll reassign it to them. In the meantime, if they require a musical score and some sound work, please pass on my details. I'll do it for nothing if you and John and the show in general get to benefit further down the line. So I think that's very cool. He also says, thank you for the birthday card I recently received from you guys. and made my day. Another donation coming soon. So thank you very much, uh, Andy, a producer in Gitmo Nation East. And then I received a funny uh, email and a picture from Stan, who has registered... Uh, Stan the man. Stan the man. Yeah, he has registered... TheJudgeOwners.com, and he's uh, putting together a picture website of uh, of all of us uh, No Agenda producers who own the Judge. <laughs> he sent me a picture wearing like a, a beanie. Uh, if you guys don't get on the watch list after this, <laughs> no, no, we're, we're totally getting locked up. And uh, then finally, we have um, another PR um, mission done by Supermom, uh, I think formerly known as the Crazy Shantix Chick. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. And she's yeah. created a Squarespace site, supermomcomic.squarespace.com, where I guess it's an episodic, uh, an episodic uh, comic. And, uh, and she says here, uh, and basically the whole thing is a, uh, is a donation solicitation for, uh, for the show. So right oh, there. that's nice. That's yeah. sweet. For the month of January, I'll be giving half of the donations received to the No Agenda Show podcast starring John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry. It's an awesome show. <laughs> no, it's not awesome. It's the best podcast in the universe. But we uh, appreciate that, so that's very cool. And, of course, we have other people out there who can always do one very important thing. You can go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Take up your t-shirt at noagendanation.com. Shut up, slave. Dvorak. 
org slash N-A. Donating is loving. Mickey says we're not doing that well yet. She says we're not saying it with conviction. Oh, you, I can't imagine anyone saying it with more conviction. I don't know. You. I, she, oh, well, she says maybe you, you're not there yet. Maybe she should come uh, on the line and say it because it would have a, with a sultry voice. Okay. Hey, give her a couple shots of whiskey first so she gets a little gravel in <laughs> She only needs two. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get some consulting gigs on this is the year. Yeah, because uh, otherwise uh, it's, it's going to be sad. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be very so sad. So I got a couple of things that I've, I've kind of deconstructed, actually. Oh, nice. And I, re- I was watching the Fox. Oh, really? And uh, ended up with a uh, you mean catching the, the hot a legs, scripted... The Hot Legs uh, Network. The Legs Network. And I caught a scripted bit. Oh, cool. I mean, it was, it's almost as though it's, it was beautiful because the guy who was a weekend warrior, wasn't one of the normal guys, comes on and he has Judith Miller on. And you remember her? She was the New York Times reporter that got fired because she was she was like planting oh. stories for the CIA. Yeah, no wait, she was. It wasn't she the one that uh, that reported weapons of mass destruction in uh, yeah, that, in Iraq, yeah, which is all was phony. It. She yeah. was working for the government some funny yeah. way, and yeah. now and now, of course, she's landed on you know instead of being you know uh, a journalist shamed. Now she's now she's a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Oh, nice! <laughs> and she's doing their magazine for probably twice as much money as the Times is paying her, and she's got that shit-eating grin on her face because well, of it. Most importantly, but she comes on and she yeah. essentially came on to do a briefing. The way I see this was. This was a scripted bit. The guy asks a question. She succinctly answers it in four parts, and they're very – they cut right off. It's not like an interaction. There's no – normally when you go on these talk shows as a guest, you will you, – there'll be some interaction. You'll be talking, and he talks to you, talk to you, and it goes back and forth a little bit. This was – no. This was a like a scripted question, scripted answer, scripted question, and it gives us a little insight as to what might be going on in, in Iran – and what we're going to do about it. Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. and it- This is the one, right? Straits of Hormuz. That's the one you want Got me to play it. first? Yeah. Contributing editor of its magazine, City Journal. Judith, great to see you. You know, Iran has made this threat at least twice before to shut down the Strait of Hormuz. They never followed through because they would, guess, kind of be shooting themselves in the foot, right, if they did? Right, exactly, Trace. Well, half of Iran's uh, money that it needs for its budget comes from those oil exports that move through the Strait of Hormuz. And if it chose to sabotage that passageway, it would, in effect, be sabotaging its own source of income. That doesn't mean it won't do it. It's done a lot of crazy and unpredictable things in the past. But mostly, for the moment, U.S. analysts think that it's just a lot of saber-rattling. Okay. So what we have here is the introduction of the of the basic fact of the Strait of Hormuz threat, which is that it makes no sense for them to do this. Uh, and so we're going to let you know that as a, as a moment of information for people who can read between the lines. Now, then you dropped a little bombshell in there, which I don't I like to see deconstructed by her, which is they've done a lot of crazy and unpredictable things in the past. Yeah, but, but, you know, they come out, Iran comes out and says that they are monitoring, in fact, surveilling the United States military. What does that tell you? 
Look, it tells you that this is a very, very persistent rival power. This is a this is the Iranian regime, which has really had some very tough blows this year. Most important is the collapse of its only Arab ally, Syria. Syria is under huh. enormous pressure. It right now Bashar Assad. Most people say his days are numbered. That would really cut it off from the Arab world. And the United States has left Iraq, which gives it an opening there. But the Iranian regime is under enormous pressure, also from its own people. Remember, the Arab Spring did not start in an Arab country. It started in 2009 in Iran. It had to be ruthlessly suppressed. So this is a country that is desperately looking to kind of flex its muscle and tell its own people and the world, don't take us for granted. Don't think we can't fight and are prepared to defend our interests because we will. Okay. The Syrian regime has collapsed there, John. That's what she says. Yeah, it's collapsed. And <laughs> she also makes like a, a lung. point. Like a lung. She makes a number of points there. For one thing, rival power, like Russia. Uh-huh. I mean, when is, when, how are they a rival power? They make rugs. <laughs> in Russia? No, in oh, Iran. I mean, oh, the yeah. Iranian rug, Persian yeah. rugs. And I mean, Arab Spring was not not even coined as a term until it actually happened in Arab countries. And now to back to kind of back it up to the, that little incident that was hardly like what happened in these other countries is kind of sketchy. And then, uh, of course, she uses the word instead of since it really wasn't that much activity except large large protest. Ruthlessly suppressed. Ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting a kind of an interesting briefing that has kind of two layers of information. One is the is the real information that we need to know to make decisions as whatever, you know, analysts. And the other one, which is the propagandistic stuff, which is for the public's consumption and the typical Fox viewer. But, but Iran has been flexing its muscle, Judith, now for years and years and years. I mean, they threaten us like four or five times a week. Why this time are we paying such close attention to this threat? Well, because, in fact, one-fifth of all the world's oil moves through the Strait of Hormuz. And because, let's face it, Trace, if they actually carried through on this threat, it would be regarded by many states as an act of war. Yeah. And this situation could escalate very, very quickly into full blown military conflict in a very sensitive part of the world. So it is something that the administration is watching very closely. Oh, yeah. Cool. Now, here's the interesting... <laughs> we're ready to get ready for the end. You know where that's leading. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, well, 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 let me get one thing out of this. This uh, He says, you got to get this one. This is like, this is like that idiot... Uh, uh, border guard who was, you know, who was arrested two or three, you know, s- spies and terrorists a day. Iran has been threatening the U.S. four to five times a week. Really? <laughs> four has- to five times a week we are threatened by Iran? Yeah, that's it's like the, the three terrorists from Canada every single day. You sons of bitches, we're going to kill your kids. <laughs> that's number one. You sons of bitches. You, you, how many threats can they make? So that, by the way, that makes about 250 threats a year. Yeah. So, okay, now we'll wrap it up. And, and you tell me, you make the conclusion. What do you think this really all means? 
That has to be my next question, Judith. I mean, you brought it up. We're, we're talking about some, some pretty tense times here. Are we nearing military conflict with Iran in your assessment? We know a lot of the Congress really wants that to happen. They say that even if the sanctions proceed, pr- succeed in putting pressure on Iran, it's not going to be enough to dissuade them from pursuing their nuclear program. Uh. That's the goal of all of these, this pressure and the sanctions and the talk. And if that doesn't work... The issue is, if the United States doesn't strike now, it will be facing a nuclearized country that is still irrational and still wants to throw its weight around. So many in the Congress say, if we're going to have a confrontation, let's have it now. That, in my view, is a rather dangerous course of action, but many people believe that that's the the wisest course. Wow. Now, I think they're doing it all wrong. They need to send an American-Iranian comedy troupe to uh, Iran. <laughs> wisest course. <laughs> but you know, it's a bad idea, but it's the wisest course. It's almost contradictory what she says. So I've concluded that, you know, they, they would like to take action for the one reason, one reason only. I think it's all true. And I think it's coded in here, the information. We, you know, we, we went into Iraq and now it was, well, it was for the oil after all, yeah. if, as you noticed yes. in the last couple of clips that we did like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it was for the oil. Well, you know, shrug your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, I guess it yeah. was for the We, the United States, and I think it's, it's going to be a mess to do this because I don't think we can get away with it, but I think it's going to be an interesting attempt. We want to s- control the Straits of Hermuz. Well, duh. Because that way we control all of Europe's uh, supply of oil. I mean, we ba- we essentially own the. This is G- this is the geopolitics that the that the, the Germans were working on in the 30s and 40s because they know all these different choke points, and you figure out what. And nobody talks. Nobody's used the word geopolitical much. No. Okay, but if you start looking at modern geopolitics, that Strait of Hormuz is such a key choke point yeah. that it, whoever controls it controls the world. <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, concludes our broadcast from the observatoryforhumanrights.com. Go to observatoryforhumanrights.com for more. <laughs> now, it's, uh, well, of course, you know, the, the whole problem is there's a competition with that uh, Nord Stream, I think it's called, that's running from Russia across Poland. Remember, they had to kill all the Polish government? Yeah, they had to kill the entire Polish government. To yeah, get that we thing. haven't forgotten that, by the way, that little uh, that little ditty. They killed uh, the, the entire Polish government so that they could run the, uh, the Nord Stream pipeline uh, through their uh, territorial waters. So that's the whole competition that's going on here. It's, at the end of the day, once again, it's all about uh, the oil. Um, interestingly... As a part of all this, in this collapsed regime, we have the, uh, collapsed, Syrian regime. the collapsed Syrian regime. We regime. have we have the Arab League observers, and the Arab. If you've been following this, it's it's very confusing. But the Arab League observers, and by the way, Arab League is a bunch of dictators, a bunch of yeah, that guy that creep from Sudan. Yeah, all of a sudden these are the good guys. Um, so they they can't find anything. Like, eh, we can't, you know, the, we don't see any real problems. Oh, I got some shaky cell phone, the cell cam uh, footage. So <laughs> the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, which is not affiliated with the Observatory for Human Rights dot com. Um, they claimed that uh, the Syrian regime had secretly changed the street signs to trick the observer teams. So they went the wrong direction, like Wiley e. Coyote. It's like, 
<laughs> oh no, you need to go that hey, way. Man, use Google Earth. <laughs> Other rebels claimed the government had pulled its tanks out at the last minute and that they had released 4,000. Yes, it's so easy to do. No, that, they had released 4,000 prisoners from the jail and hid them somewhere. So the <laughs> and this is literally what the Syrian it's observatory so easy to do. <laughs> like i'm sorry that's just like the like the like the libyans raping people with viagra i mean this is so stupid thank you so stupid anyway observatoryforhumanrights.com will become a true website uh that's one of our new year's resolutions because uh, it's a great it's a great domain name and we could get some dough we could get on the bbc and we could be espousing all kinds of stuff john oh, we maybe can get some uh some gigs where we have to go observe human rights. Yeah. As long you as know, we- <laughs> from the Four Seasons Hotel, you know, one of these places. <laughs> I, you know, they really don't treat the help here very no, it's well. it's not good. And it's, you push the button and the butler doesn't show up for an hour. It's horrible. This, what a suppressed, collapsed regime we're living in. I would like you to uh, take note of the following, uh, Mr. Dvorak. So you have a crunchy carrot. Is it real sweet? This is very sweet. This product is an is even it a Texas carrot. Texas carrot from uh, from Red Rock, even better, okay. I think, than your product. Listen to it. I doubt it. Listen to it. That and, sounds pretty crunchy. An outstanding product. Just mm. wanted to mention that because I felt a little. I got this from the well, farmers they have market. That sandy soil in Texas that should grow decent carrots, but mm. these carrots up north are extremely dense. Oh. My goodness, what a product. Did you break a tooth? <laughs> An outstanding product. Uh, All right. That was my intermezzo. That's good. It's, it worked out. So anyway, so what do you conclude from all of this? Uh, we're going to, well, I think they're still up for, I think the whole thing, I think there's a little battle going on about what we're supposed to do about this Iranian thing. So we're creating a phony baloney scenarios. We're saying the Iranians are doing this and that, that they're not, you know, I'm sure that they're, we need to get somebody to translate better because these what yeah. we're told the Iranians are telling us and threatening is one thing, but we'd like to see some documentation on the other side. Well, I haven't. I uh, think there's still a battle. I'm not absolutely convinced that we're going to be able to because of these other idiotic wars. And I think the the Arab Spring screwed things up. I think the road to Iran that we talked about from the clip uh, that uh, Wesley, Wesley Clark, Clark yep. made. Yeah. Uh, I think it was supposed to be a little smoother than this. I think it's got, and now the Egypt thing is, is which was not on the list. No, uh, it wasn't on the list, and the Egypt guys are going, hey, 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 and, hey, hey, stop and that. Egypt is a mess, yeah, and it's going to foul up the whole plot. So I think, I think Egypt is going to foul up the plot, and I don't think we're going to be able to pull off any Iranian thing. I, I think they're going to try, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Well, the only the, the time to do it is the October surprise. That's the time to do it. Well, that's, yeah. Well, October is going to be the, yeah. We'll work our way up to October shows. Yeah. And when that happens, by the time we if get we're to still September, alive. we're going to see, it's going to be the, it's going to be obvious what's going to happen in October, if anything. We got something to- has to happen or Obama's not going to get in. Unless he can somehow uh, pump up the economy through, you know, printing a lot of money or doing what Clinton used to have methodologies for this. And maybe he's going to learn from him. Um, which brings me to the... Uh the Iowa caucus, yeah, uh, for uh, which is be held on uh, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday the third of January. Uh, for those outside of uh, the Gitmo Nation of United States, uh, the way it works is uh, 
um, we have uh, we have to first select our Republican nominee because, of course, there's only two parties. No one else can win in this uh, in this X factor. And uh, very interesting to see that uh, the fix is now completely in as the votes will be counted at an undisclosed secret location because they're afraid the Occupy moment uh, movement might uh, might try to to mess it up. <laughs> what Occupy movement? The state they're party. in New York. They're in this. They're in various large cities. What are What are they doing in Iowa? Well, they say that the uh, the, they? Res- the 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 Iowa State uh, Republican Party representatives say that uh, we're going to count the votes at a secret location off-site from the GOP headquarters mm. uh, because activist groups, including the Occupy movement, had indicated they'll attempt to interrupt uh, in the closing days before the caucus. Which means, I, I guess they're going to go phony up the votes. Isn't that what that means? I mean, how, well, how, it, how is this transparent? It doesn't sound right. Well, it's not, not only right, it, it's fixed, it's rigged. They're taking, they're taking it off. So we're going to count it over here. One for Rim, one for Ron Paul, three for Mitt. One for Ron Paul, three for Mitt. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be one well, big I phony. Think, okay, let's make some predictions. We got, oh, damn, I got the new red book, but it's downstairs, and I'm not going to go down and get it. Uh, I'll have to write on a piece of paper. Prediction? Oh, down. I can give you the prediction right now. Okay, give me your prediction. Okay. Mitt Romney wins. Uh... Number two, Rick Santorum, because they've just all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's surging in the polls. So the fix is in on him. They got to have a, they got to have a buffer between him and Ron Paul. Ron Paul will be third, even though of course he will win the election, the the nomination, the the caucus. He will actually win it, but they're gonna they're going to fake it up, and it'll be Romney, uh, Santorum, and then Ron Paul. And have you noticed, by the way? How all of a sudden on CNN and Fox, they've got all, especially Fox, they've got the beautiful black women now. You never see black women on Fox. All of a sudden, they're talking about how important the black vote no, is. No, that's not true. There's a lot of black I women have on not see, I, I have not seen that. Last week's clip, I, the woman that was jacking away. There was yeah, black. but I'm seeing like panels of them. Yeah, there's a lot of blacks on Fox. Okay. Well, maybe that's my own color blindness then that I just don't even see it. Well, you don't watch Fox as much no, as I, I do. No, correct. Anyway, I tend, to, uh, I tend to watch Anderson Pooper. He's so hot. Anyway, well, the, uh, the, uh, the Iowa caucus uh, is I not... have two, Wait, I two got... possible outcomes okay. to predict. Go ahead. One, Ron Paul wins outright and the whole thing is marginalized. Which and, is... And the... Romney comes yeah. in second. Right. The second one is Romney wins by a hair over Ron Paul, showing that he has the ability to win in a place like... There is no way Ron Paul comes in third. Okay, we shall see. I, I, I like your first prediction, because if we listen to the mainstream media, I have a little compilation clip of um, the Iowa caucuses being irrelevant, insignificant, and not important. So I think that plays right into your prediction, number one. Ron Paul sweeps it, uh, but it doesn't count. But how much are the Iowa caucuses really like the rest of how we vote in America? How democratic is the Iowa system? Rachel. If Ron Paul wins, some Republicans are going to say, who cares about Iowa? Do you think that it is uh, American in the modern era that Iowa gets to go, go first? And um, I think we might actually be seeing something bigger in the works here, the demise of Iowa. The hard truth here is that Ron Paul winning Iowa itself would not matter very much. If Ron Paul wins here, what then? Well, 
the Ron Paul people are not going to like my saying this, but to a certain degree, it will discredit the Iowa caucuses. But I wonder if there is an extent to which the organizational principle of Iowa does make it not only less democratic, less representational, but a little bit more corrupt. I mean, if Ron Paul wins, then, then what? Then you Iowa go, does, to, then Iowa go does. to New Hampshire Iowa and does. start from scratch. Iowa, Iowa doesn't matter. Uh, at the end of the day, Iowa doesn't matter. Start from scratch in New Hampshire. Totally agree wins. with that. I'm at- it would make the caucuses mostly irrelevant, if not entirely irrelevant, if Paul wins. That result would also mean roughly nothing to the rest of the presidential race. He doesn't like Ron Paul, and he's not going to like Iowa if they have the bad judgment to vote for this guy. Uh, all this noise is going to come to an end relatively soon. Maybe Ron Paul wins Iowa, but who cares? Soon. Maybe Ron Paul wins Iowa, but who cares? Yeah, I'm going to say that House Democrats are the winner this week. Iowa is not only a weird system for picking somebody, they are a non-representational system. In the- okay, if you get the point. Uh, okay, now let me make a couple of comments, which now brings me to another thought which is that the reason it's possible that there's enough Ron Paul loyalists within the Iowa system that that's the reason they're grabbing the vote voting boxes and taking them to a secure location to protect Ron Paul if he does win. Hmm. What do you mean to protect him? To, to take the votes away from all the local guys where you might uh-huh. have local corruption or anything that could that could skew the vote. The uh, Ron Paul people now have have the boxes and they will make it a legitimate vote. That's a, it, that's an interesting theory. I, I of course thought completely negatively, but you're th- you're thinking non-bogative. You're thinking this is to protect it to make sure he wins. To make sure he wins if he does indeed win. Right. What, now what, uh, what, uh, now I want to make a couple of or at least one comment. Rachel Maddow, who should be ashamed of herself, what is her problem with Ron Paul? She's the one of all the commentators on MSNBC who is pounding the hate Ron Paul drum the loudest. Yeah, she's a she's a mind controlled uh, MK Ultra lesbian douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Now the funny thing was when you ran that, which is all in all the commercial networks. Uh, PBS did it kind of a little differently on the uh, on the news hour show. You can run, it's the Iowa rundown uh, clip, mm-hmm. and and what it was is it sounded as though they're going to. When I started recording, I said, "Oh, this is good. this is another negative thing. They're going to p- pound Ron Paul." But the two commentators, which is Brooks and this other guy, a Democrat and a Republican, actually turned it around. And made it seem as though Iowa was even more important with a bunch of interesting statistics about the thing. It's a little long of a clip, but it, it really stopped this uh, uh, lairer in his tracks, and he had to give in. Both of you, beginning with you, David, does, does, should Iowa matter as much as it uh, appears to at this point? I mean, as we're getting, we're talking about it, the whole world is talking about it right now. Should they be? Is this, is this the way uh, to uh, choose candidates for president of the United States by going, starting with Iowa? Yeah, I still think so. I still, this is still my favorite uh, place to cover a political race. It's not the way it used to be. It's not just uh, George H.W. Bush driving around in a, in a station wagon with one aide and maybe a press person. Now there's clumps of people, there's big buses. But it's still, it's more retail. Uh, the people are really run through their paces. Uh, Rick Perry tried, <laughs> couldn't make it here. Uh, Michelle Bachman, we saw what happened to her among voters here. It is, a, I think it's still a good testing ground. Is it the most representative state in the country? 
Uh, maybe not, but I still think it's a practiced, uh, knowledgeable electorate who are very good at putting candidates through the ordeal of running. And I do think it's a legitimate way to screen out candidates and give a couple a chance to move on. You agree with that, don't you, Mark? I, I do, Jim. I, I mean, Iowa is unrepresented. It has the uh, fourth highest literacy rate of the 50 states. It has the third lowest divorce rate. It has the sixth highest high school graduation rate, higher than the coastal smug states of Connecticut, New Jersey, Virginia, Maryland, Massachusetts, Oregon, Washington. Uh, you know, and the, and the people take it quite seriously. Crystal, the coastal smug states. I love that, don't you? Yeah, that's very good. Well, it's funny because that was PBS, you said? Yeah, that was the news hour. I thought it was uh, very uh, it was very objective. I gave him kudos for that. I think uh, MSNBC just has some marching orders because this is from, uh, I think, this morning or yesterday. Our new NBC News Marist poll shows Ron Paul running neck and neck with Mitt Romney. But there are also plenty of Iowans who have big problems with the Texas congressman. More than 40 percent of likely Iowa voters believe that Paul is an unacceptable nominee, putting a concrete ceiling on how high he can climb in the Hawkeye state. NBC political reporter Domenico Mar- So unacceptable, unacceptable, 41%, whatever this poll is, unacceptable. And then they go to a guy who's at a newt rally. He's literally, here's the expert. He's at a newt rally with people with newt signs behind him. Naro joins me now. Thank you so much. Lots of activity going behind you. I, I know where you are. You're in Des Moines. Uh, Absolutely. As uh, There is a newt event uh, underway right behind you, about to start, I guess. So let's talk about Ron Paul, though. So here he is at the top of the polls, only a few days to go. And so some people obviously love him. And so how can he have so many powerful negatives amongst Iowa voters? And what are they that make him so... Un- Wouldn't it have been cool if she had said powerful bogatives? <laughs> that would have been great. Ah, damn. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it in there. Unacceptable in their view. Well, you know, it's interesting. Last night, even, I was out at a Romney event. And a lot of the people there, there were about 400 people or so, but a lot of them were undecided. I talked to, to some of them to see what they thought. And some of the people, most of the people who said the reason that they're actually looking at Romney now, even though they might like other candidates and they had been with Herman Cain, they said, look, we don't want Iowa to, to go down in history as having voted for Ron Paul. <laughs> so the, the thing I wanted to lead up to, though, is I also have a compilation of the mainstream media talking about Iowa in 2008. Now, do you think that Iowa counted and was it important in 2008 in the previous election, John? Well, it always has a, an, an impact on all the elections. Our top story for a moment, and to be honest, it's very likely tomorrow night's top story and the next night. The once every four years Iowa caucuses. We're all watching what happens there because Ew. so much rides on the people of Iowa. Uh-huh. For a state with fewer than three million residents, Iowa packs a big political punch. Uh. It is not only the first test, it's the first real test <laughs> after months and months of talking. Iowa caucus voters do care about who's going to win in November. Iowa caucus voters do care about who's going to win in November. Iowa will play a huge role in the 2008 race. This is the big day in Iowa. It is the big caucus day in Iowa. You have more influence on who the next president of the United States is going to be than anybody else. So um, what effect, if if, if any, do you think that uh, tonight's numbers, uh, the results of the caucus are going to have on the upcoming primaries in New Hampshire and South Carolina? Huge, huge, huge. I mean, and that, as clearly as anything else, speaks to the importance of the Iowa caucuses 
just six and a half weeks from today. And it just goes on and on. It was it really sounds important. As, you know, what's funny is some of the same commentators <laughs> yeah, that are now yeah, poo-pooing Exactly. It. This is, and, and one of, by the way, should be ashamed of himself besides Rachel is Chris uh, Wallace. Wallace, I yeah. I mean, what is, what is his problem? He's a, they're all, John, this is why I, we. That's yeah. not a question I want you to answer. Okay. All right. This is why we do a media assassination. We just want to show you that it's all bogative. It's all bogative. The whole thing is rigged from beginning to end. And I got to say, I love Ron Paul, who once again this morning on Candy Crowley, which is just a funny show, State of the Union, Candy Crowley. <laughs> what is she? Yeah, what She's, we well, yeah I know. Let, let's not talk about physical appearances. Let's just say she wouldn't make it on Fox. Um. You know, uh, once again, Ron Paul uh, said that he says, I will never unequivocally state that I will not run third party. But I think you're, so he's not he's never ruling it out. Um, but uh, I, th- I think his whole idea is just to keep propagating. Maybe uh, Rand has to grab the baton or something. You know, maybe that's the idea. But Left, right, or whatever. He has woken a lot of people up. He has changed some mindset. Well, he's gotten his memes into the mainstream. Yes. And the Fed. And that's the key. And that's yeah. I think that's really going to be the net result of the whole thing, because since the beginning, I've always thought the thing was rigged. But I'm, I'm now beginning to think he's going to still win Iowa, and uh, which seemed apparent but what i get a kick out of is the fact that if you remember these uh i think we had clips of it where the where this douchebag on cnn was talking to somebody said well don't do anything you want go talk to somebody to sarah palin when she shows up just don't even bother with ron paul of all things then he laughed you know he says ha 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 i don't have to talk to ron paul because he's an idiot (laughs) let me see if i can find that (laughs) It's, it's, it's almost a while back but it was like, wow, what, what kind of, you know, the sla- what, it, why didn't they just main, maintain that style of just shutting up about Ron Paul? Now they're all freaked out and they're wringing their hands over him and then they're criticizing him for stuff he's got nothing to do with. Well, it's, uh, there's fear. There's fear. I mean, uh, I, I still think that the, the, the black and Latino vote comes out and they just hammer it. And they just push this guy all the way through. Uh, I'm certainly hoping. Well, you're not going to get that with guys like uh, Morgan Freeman. Was it? Was that one of your clips? You think that Palin clip? Palin yeah, will was. run or won't she? Was that it? Maybe. <coughs> no, it was that when their bus was going to show up somewhere? Well, I could save the best question for for last, but we have a straw poll coming up tomorrow, and you're here at the fairgrounds. And I think a lot of people might want an answer to this one question. Um, are you considering a run for the presidency of the United States? I am still considering a run, Sean. <laughs> you know, I think the good folks here in Iowa, you could do a man on the street here. You could ask anybody here. And I think that... No, that wasn't it. No, it wasn't it. But it's funny. Forgot about that. Yeah. And, and how about Sperman Herman? He's just disappeared off the radar. Amazing. So they got rid of him. He was, do, he was doing too well. He's getting too much attention. I love. I love how uh, how they just all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, uh, we got to get such some theater. We got to get some ratings. Let's uh, throw Santorum in there. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love it. it. It is. It really is. It really is highly entertaining. <laughs> it's just you know, too. I don't think it's highly entertaining, but it it is. 
it's it's it gets you worked up, especially the Rachel Maddow stuff oh, and some yeah. of these other. Oh, but these no one's gamers. watching that, so it doesn't matter. Well, you're watching it. I have a couple of uh, producer feedback memos, which I think uh, we should just read briefly. Uh, hi, Adam. Uh, regarding the last episode, uh, other federal webmasters have probably already let you know, i.e., this is a federal webmaster because we have them. You know, the guys who make the eighteen million dollar websites. But we seem to be using .net slash .orgs now that uh, Obama suspended all the new .gov domains. Remember we were looking at the... Um, yeah, yeah, that one the other day. Yeah, the rewardsforjustice.net. So right. the reason why is because, uh, remember, uh, this was like, to cut down on government waste, we're going to have less domain names because it's so wasteful. It's such a waste of resources. Now they actually have to pay for the domain names because, of course, the government controls .gov. You don't have to pay yeah, for they get them free domain. Forever. Yeah, they get them free. So now they got to pay for them. But how is that saving money? <laughs> for us in the uh, Virginia area, our shining example is makettheconnection.net. I haven't, I haven't actually haven't looked at the website. Let's take you know, a look I think at there's it. something else behind this. Well, that's, uh, that's what our insiders are saying. Here, maketheconnection.net, shared experiences and support for veterans. I think there's some laws about how what you can do with a, a .gov site. That you know involve the non-corrupt practices and things like that that aren't applicable to the .NET site, so they come up with no, this. No, no, I don't think so, John. Yeah, I, okay, well, I mean, our insider is literally saying we're not allowed to use .gov domains. Yeah, but why? There's got to be some other reason oh, okay. than that. Oh, okay. That's too stupid because, as right. you just pointed out, it costs more money. Yeah, you're right. So maybe there is a legal thing. Oh, you're right. Uh, Rob says, Adam and John, I'm listening to three six nine. I heard you discuss the submarine that almost collided with the cargo ship. John asked what the ship was doing submerged in U.S. waters. As a former submariner, I can tell you that at any given time, there is at least one nuclear sub at sea near every submarine base, and they stay either submerged or at periscope depth, mostly submerged 99% of the time. The subs are usually out for either training or testing, but they are out there, and the amount of money that gets sunk into just one boat is ridiculous. You wouldn't believe the amount of money that the U.S. Navy will pay through their own supply system for the simplest of parts. Now, we would believe that, actually. And we know you're, that yeah, they're... I totally believe it. Yeah, that they're building a uh, an underground submarine... Yeah, underwater, underwater submarine underwater. base. Uh, and then, finally, Burton says uh, um, he found the, open, the Soros-funded OpenSecrets.org uh, report. Um, remember this about Congress, that they're all rich? Yeah. This uh, New York Times, that they just went ahead and just, uh, you know, that they're in Soros's pocket... Apparently, the reason why I couldn't find it is the report was published in November. Huh. So he says, so it took the New York Times a month to get the data, which is just as interesting as them having access to the data that we don't. I think that is kind of interesting. It was available for a month. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, boy. I look at this uh, make the connection site trying to see something. <laughs> I knew that might you. Be I knew you would be looking at it. How can I figure out what's going on? This is no, what we do. F- there's yeah. got it. Ooh, here's an interesting ooh, one. Oh yeah, here's a, ooh, yeah. This is very interesting. Maketheconnection.net slash events spirituality. Treatment got him from rock bomb to living well. Robert was a young medic whose experiences witnessing death and treating severe combat wounds made him face the hard truth that he couldn't save anyone. That's interesting. Meanwhile, uh, over in Gitmo Nation Euroland, European leaders have uh, celebrated the new year by warning of a difficult year ahead. (laughs) 
Herr Merkel says, uh, well, we experienced one of the most severe tests in decades, but we're growing closer to the debt crisis this year. Thanks, Angela. <laughs> they have done a beautiful job. I have to give, you have to give them credit for kicking the can down the road better than anybody. Yeah. The, Europe is broke. Yeah. We're broke, too, but we're less broke. We got uh, here's Super Mario, uh, Mario Monti, the uh, Goldman Sachs shill who now runs Italy. Italy's borrowing costs fell from record highs at its latest government debt auction, but cautious investors still demanded interest rates of close to 7% for the 10-year bonds. That's the level at which other Eurozone countries had to seek bailouts, and it raises questions on how Rome will finance its public spending in the next few months. At the same time, Italy's Prime Minister Mario Monti called for the Eurozone's bailout fund to be beefed up. Beef he said up. the European Financial Stability Facility needs significantly greater resources but refused to say how much more. Commenting on the debt sale, Monty said, as you know, the Treasury bond auctions that took place this week went pretty well. This is encouraging. However, we absolutely don't consider the market turbulence to be over. There's still a lot of work to do. Indeed, analysts say there are too many risks and uncertainties surrounding Italy and buying its long-term bonds is a leap of faith. The Italian Treasury has the challenging task of raising around 450 50 billion euros next year. So essentially, this auction failed. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it did fail. It's like, hey, that went pretty well. <laughs> hey, that went pretty well. It failed. They didn't raise what they needed to raise. Spain now has come out. And of course, we have uh, another uh, shill in, you know, we've had three leaders like just all changed uh, Greece, Italy, Spain. Uh, they say, well, our. Um, our deficit uh, turns out to be a lot higher than we communicated earlier. <laughs> <laughs> As they announced the first uh, 9 billion euro uh, uh, austerity measure uh, package. Spain is doing some interesting things, though. I like this. This is what's happening in a small village. A small town in Spain is encouraging people to use the former currency, the peseta, to boost the ah. local economy. <laughs> Many people still hold pesetas and the shops can accept them since the Central Bank of Spain continues to exchange them for euros under Spanish law. Residents from neighbouring districts have been coming to Salvaterra de Mino to support the project, which is organised by the local Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> the programme has been extended from one month to three and we want to extend it again. As long as there are people from other places to buy with the peseta, the program will go on. Most shops in the town have joined the scheme, especially as it's the Chamber of Commerce that collects the pesetas and takes them to Madrid to exchange them for euros. People are very happy about the program because we can use the peseta again. It's like we can buy things for free. <laughs> the Chamber of Commerce says the project has proved an effective way of boosting the local economy, but it doesn't mean the whole of Spain will start using the peseta again. No, I don't know. I'd be careful about that. And this is a this is a trend you watch. Every country is going to start doing this because they they still have this year, I think. To uh, well, the French franc uh, stops being uh, exchanged for euros in February of this year. So most of these countries, I believe, this will be the case. It's going to be in the next few months where they, yeah. they, they're, this is over. Yeah, but not if everyone keeps using them. Then you have to force the bank <laughs> when you, the bank can change its mind. Well, you got to come. Well, you got to come out and you got to drone some people. You can't be using other old money. Fools. Gitmo Nation Lowlands is the Do most. Do what you're told. 
Gitmo Nation Lowlands is by far the most interesting. For 20 years, they've had this system called PIN, uh, which started as Bayonet, but actually um, it, uh, uh, it's a very interesting system. It's, not, uh, it's like a debit card, um, but it doesn't work anywhere else in the world, only in uh, the lowlands. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, you swipe your card and then you type in your PIN, your personal identification number. So they, uh, uh, as of today, it is now officially over and everyone has to use the new card, which has a smart chip in it. So they're completely going into the cashless society. And everyone's like, yeah, this is really handy. It's good for my security. Yeah, this is really good. So this chip thing, of <laughs> course. Uh, and I think it's the same people who make the chip. Uh, the um, you, They use that crappy encryption that they use for the public transport. Okay. So it's completely bogative. But more important, we now have a MILF as the president of the Council of the EU. Mm. Yes, uh, the Denmark takes. Did, did she? Who did she? Who did she replace? That wasn't Herman. Wasn't no, 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 no. This is the, the president. This is the council. They got too many of these people. Everyone's There's a president. bunch of bosses. Yeah, look up um, Hella Thorning Schmidt. She oh. is the uh, Danish. Uh, the first, I think, she's the first female president of the council, and. She is now the prime minister. She's the prime minister of Denmark, and she for six months, I believe, uh, the Danes will hold the presidency of the Council of the EU. So we'll see how they do. She's but she's pretty pretty good looking. Take a look at well, her. It depends on the uh, how she's yeah. Depends on how she has her hair. Well, of course, of course. I mean, even Hillary can look good when she has her hair done. Which hasn't been. She's really needs it. She's looking worse. I don't know what's going on. It's, she really, the last shots I saw of her, she looks really beat. Yeah, she does. It's not good. Not good. This woman does not look like a brainiac. So uh, I guess the bottom line is that uh, Europe is, is failing. It's broke. Uh, they keep calling on countries under the ESM, which we accurately predicted, uh, the European Stability Mechanism, which is different from the ESFS, uh, which uh, forces all of these uh, member states into sending tax euros to Brussels to bail out all these other countries. And uh, people don't get it yet, but they will slowly. They're going to say, hey, hold on a second. How come, uh, you know, the, the school kids now in, uh, in the socialist uh, lowlands, no more student loans, no more money, no more uh, subsidies. You know, these kids, they get, uh, I think it's like 300 euros a month in subsidy uh, to go to study, to go to university. That's the, they're talking about ending that and ending all loans. You can't even get a student loan if you want one. Well, they got to make room for the Chinese students. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. They don't need a bunch of locals. Yeah. This is going to cause trouble once they get educated. They start listening to No Agenda. They put two and two together. It's just trouble. It's just Screw trouble. Yeah. The Chinese, and they're always going to. They're always docile. They put up. They do what they're told, and you bring them in. That's what they've done here at the University of California in Berkeley. Yeah, it's almost mostly Asians. They don't even want to talk about balancing multiculturalism anymore because it's like you know, so Asian Asian kids just pretty. pretty they opened this huge. New building. I don't know how much money they spent on this Asian studies. Like you know, so because if you're going to bring students in from overseas, you want to put some Asian studies program that's massive because it's like it's like you going to the Sorbonne and and taking English. 
you know, or American history. I mean, you already know half of it. So you get your, your so you you're going to ace it. So yeah. that keeps you in the school. So you keep brings your, your GPA up because it's all easy. It's just a kind of a, a freebie. And the whole thing's a scam. It's ridiculous. I think we discussed this before, but the largest real estate owner in San Francisco. It's it, the Art Institute. Yes, the Art Institute. Exactly. Yeah. No, so the whole thing is a real and estate. And uh, the, right Very by the, smart, by the way. Right I, by I the Nevio office there, there's the bus stop for the Art one Institute. There's actually two of them. One across the street is another one. Right. And, and there's another. And there's two or three new, they bought two or three new buildings. They're always yeah. getting busted for misusing the buildings because <laughs> they're zoned for education. So they get low tax rates yeah. and they just keep collecting property. So when the property values turn around, they're just selling everything and walking. Yeah. But there's always uh, Asian chicks. Oh, it's all foreigners. With big, Everybody that goes there, they come to yeah. San Francisco and they go to that school because you can buy your way in. And it's expensive. And, you know, it's, almost all the editors at Mevio are from there. From the Art Institute? Yeah, the all the uh, guys who use Final Cut Pro. <laughs> really? Another, another gig we can get into, teaching Asians Final Cut Pro. Yeah, well, this is more, yeah, well, <laughs> Asians than everybody else, anybody <sighs> Overseas. I'm telling you, we are doing we this don't want so to, wrong. We want to keep the Americans dumb. You know, if you remember that clip that I dug up, just a, or or a quote I dug up a long time ago about the the general who said during the I guess during the Nixon administration, we have too many. You know, if we keep the population educated, we're going to have too many of you know, these protests and these these there's all these problems we're going to have with the public. Let's just dumb down our own public. You know, which we've seen happen with the reality shows and the rest of the, what we see on television that, that passes for entertainment. Keep the public stupid. And yeah, you were just talking about that earlier in the show in San Antonio looking around with the guys with tattoos on their faces. <laughs> it's not, a, know, not a dumb, good look. <laughs> dumb. Just a bunch of dummies. And then we, can, then we can just do what we want. And so you pass the Patriot Act and who even complains about it? Nobody even knows what it is or what it means. And then yeah. they whine a lot when they get arrested. Yeah. Hey, man, that's unfair. That's unfair, man. That's not right. <laughs> that's not right, man. And we had another uh, crazy uh, uh, accident, uh, another crazy, uh, I think uh, could have been a two to the head uh, exercise here. You know, this is one we haven't played that. Ah, ah, I haven't played that in a while. Um, this happened up uh, up in Northern California. I got a little clip of the news thing here. This officials say this is the first plane crash in your county in nearly a decade. They say the pilot, 38-year-old Brian Robertson, was not too far from his final destination when he crashed. Emergency responders say by the time they arrived on scene, Robertson had already passed away. He was from Huntington Beach, California, and was the CEO of Aminix, a commercial solar power manufacturer. Okay. So that, of course, my head uh. whipped around. Aminix, Aminix.com. Uh, let's see. They received uh, $9.5 million in stimulus funds as part of the Recovery Act. And 25, no, $15.6 million in grant funding through the Department of Energy. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens to that company. Oh, that's interesting. This could be, so, uh, this could be another maybe cylinder. Maybe the guy going to blow the whistle. Well, it's, uh, you know, one, uh, so he was in a uh, twin-end Cessna, a twin-engine Cessna. And, um, it's a fairly safe plane. Yeah, so on uh, he was on long final, from what I understand, and he uh, did radio in. Of course, you know I have no real information because they don't know how to do that in the mainstream media. 
uh, on long final. And he said, look, I have uh, uh, engine trouble with one of the engines. And then uh, his plane spiraled down and crashed and burned. Um, if when you train for twin engine, you train for exactly that scenario. So, you know, a day wrecker for sure, but suspect in my mind, because, uh, you know, you can only imagine if, if you have two engines and one quits, then, you know, what happens, you know, if, if you, you don't know what you're doing, then yeah, you, your, your plane can start spinning around and you can spin out of control. So I don't know anything about his record, how many hours he had or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, it was by himself. I, th- I don't think I'm ever going to go fly again, ever. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not a good idea. I mean, I do like I do like doing the show, and it would not only <laughs> be a day wrecker for me, but it would ruin your income. Yeah, I mean, it would suck. So uh, yeah, I'm not going to do. That. I wouldn't do the show by myself. No, no. I, need, I just do one more I. clip show, then I'm done. Yeah, nor would I. Actually, uh, maybe a couple of clip shows. Meanwhile, uh, remember that other great uh, company that received half a billion dollars in loans. Yeah, which one? Cylindra? Fisker Automotive. Oh, Fisker, the guys with the electric car. They're recalling all 239 of its 2012 Karma luxury plug-in hybrids because of a fire hazard. Oh. Hey, good job. Good job, everybody. (laughs) There you go. That's perfect. And then tell me how this works. I've heard NPR do this. And now I got a letter because, you know, I subscribe to the William J. Clinton Foundation. And and NPR does this all the time when they're doing like their, we need $30,000 in the next hour. And then so this email comes through from Chelsea, by the way. Chelsea sent the email. Uh, Supporters like you are fueling our work to combat climate change and economic inequality and improving millions of lives around the world. By the way, that should be our slogan. No Agenda Show, combating climate change and economic inequality and improving millions of lives around the world. I like it. Maybe we can get somebody to do a jingle for us. Thousands of individuals. Just that one, exactly. Say it again. The No Agenda Show, fueling... uh, I'm sorry. The No Agenda Show, working to combat climate change, economic inequality, and improving millions of lives around the world. All we have to do is say that over and over and over again, and that's what we're all about. Well, we have to do add one more trick. She says, now, until midnight tonight, all caps, a generous donor has offered to continue President Clinton's two-for-one matchmaking gift with an additional pledge to triple your donation. I find this triple your tax write-off? <laughs> I, I find this highly suspect. <laughs> and NPR does this all the time. So, hey, a very generous, anonymous donor. Matching donator. Anonymous. Yeah. For the, well, but, that, they usually then on the local shows, they have a matching, you yeah, know, but yeah. they, they name the guy. No, I've heard it they all. They do it locally heard, here. Mostly it's always oh, some hardware I've, store or I've something I've heard like it that. be uh, anonymous lots of times in and LA. A lot of times, you, here's where the way it works. I call in and say, yeah, I'm Joe's Hardware. I really love your stuff. I got. I want to give you guys $10,000 uh, to help you go. Oh, no, no, don't give us $10,000. I'll tell you what. Do it, do do it as match. a matching donation. We'll right. use you as a shill. We'll take your $10,000 and then we'll match. You know, it'll be up to $10,000. Everyone who gives money will we'll use your money as matching money. We'll call it a matching thing. Do, do, would you do that? Oh, sure. I don't care. 
So wait a minute. So we can get um, one of our patrons to do a matching donation. Would it, does it work? I mean, does does it does it really result in more it work for us? But I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds good. If you're doing a live broadcast where there's all this fr- frantic you know energy and the phones ringing, ring, 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 ring in the background, yeah, it probably does work. But not for us. We don't do that kind of thing. Hold on a second. Let me get some phones ringing. Yeah, where's our ringing? We used to have a whole ringing medley. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So let me see if I can find some ringing phones here. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hi, this is the show my sold by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Match it now. In the morning. <laughs> We just got to keep that going. We have, Hi, we have Reese, one. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, <laughs> Hi. Did you call to donate to help for Haiti? Hi, it's Sean Penn. Yeah. Uh, crap. Yeah, the, the Haitians are pooping. You should donate to No Agenda. They're the only guys who actually help anybody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. The phones are they're ringing off the hook here. So let's thank a few of our donors. Uh, Scott Hankel, Sir Scott Hankel in Sunland, California. Congratulations on a successful year hosting the best podcast in the universe. In the universe. Uh, May 2012, bring the both of you. When I see, every time I see that, I think May 2012 is like something going on in May. Bring you both of you more outstanding podcasts in the universe as well, all around karma for all involved. Just a karma, generalized karma. You've got karma. Also, Sir Thomas Nussbaum in Virginia Beach, Beach, Virginia. I'm obviously tongue-tied today. One, two, three, dot, four, five. Thanks much for everything. Hugs and kisses from Sir Nussbaum and St. Nicole. Oh, that's so nice. It's nice to have them uh, check yeah, out. Yeah, Oscar Nadal in Tecati, California. <laughs> did, you, what, did, you, did you have to wake up? Was that <laughs> alarm clock? Hey, there man, the phones are ringing off the hook with our matching donors. Uh, Tecati, California, one eleven eleven. Hey, guys, can I get a karma shot to my friends in the Pharaohs, Jetty Knights, Heat Seized, Westside, and Flying Elephant Scooter Clubs? Yeah, hold on. We got a busy signal. We don't have enough incoming lines. You've got karma. Norman Pearson III in Macon, Georgia. $111.11 $111.11 in honor of my fantasy football team, the Berkeley Hummers, winning the championship. <laughs> the Berkeley Hummers. <laughs> I decided to finally become a donor, not a boner. Is this enough for a de-douching? Absolutely. I need You've been de-douched. Absolutely. I think we should have t-shirts with Berkeley Hummers. Hummers. Berkeley Hummers. <laughs> Dennis Hartle in, uh, or Hartley, Hartle. Hartle or Hartley, Titusville, Pennsylvania is calling in. $100. I figure I better donate. <laughs> been enjoying your show for about seven months now since you haven't been shut down. <laughs> Use this check to find the show. <coughs> Levi uh, Prinzing in Denison, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minnesota I think I have to read this one, don't I? Uh, $100, yes. I'm not drunk this time, at least not yet anyway. Give me a few hours. $100 closer to knighthood, and I have a request. I need karma and a plug for Emily Christofferson's comic. Yeah, that's the Supermom comic that we talked about in the PR segment. It's at supermomcomic.squarespace.com. She just recently started it, needs a little more exposure, uh, plus she needs a job badly. I don't know if uh, she sent you a note or not. She said... Uh, for any donation she gets in January, half of it will be sent to to you guys. So uh, absolutely, there's your plug. Not drunk, uh, and it's, it is kind of a funny comic though, if you read it. 
I'll, I'll check it out after yeah. the show. Uh, Black Knight, uh, George Vanderhorst from Katz Hovel. Katz Hovel. Hovel. The cat hole. And Colin. Cat hump. It's the cat dollars. Cat home? Cat hump. Cat hump. <laughs> Mike Potter, Lake St. Louis, Missouri. $75 over the transom from the tug nuts. This is a message. Must be code for someone. Brian Hay in Morgan Hill, California, just down the road from me, $70 uh, to John and Adam. Donating in the last hours of 2011, asking for a de-douching as a longtime listener, first-time donor. And give him a de-douching. You've been de-douched. He's one of our IT consultants. His company is BH Consulting. Drives drive a bit a crazy show. Keeps me sane. Oh, he drives a bit, so a crazy show keeps him sane and drives me crazy at the same time. I know I'm not the only one who sees through the charade that is our two-party system. And then you shine the light on the corrupt douchebags in Congress, and that drives me crazy. We don't see eye to eye all the time, but the show makes me deconstruct all the news, including the show itself. I've purchased NoAgendaNinja.com since you are media assassins. It's a perfect fit. Nice. Thank you. Yes, going to buy some merchandise and donate some of the profits to the show. $70 is really $33.33 for a podcast license, so make sure you can... uh, you can do that. He's going to take uh, get get us more eventually. Uh, Sir Schnorrstein in uh, out there in the middle of nowhere, Norway. North, North Pole, man. North Pole. North Pole, man. Uh, 55, 55. Six weeks into the dark season, I send regards to my no agenda friends and producers. I want to kill you all. That's kind of nutty. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> he says, happy 2012. The snowmobiles are out and running. Come visit Sir Schnorr. You, they, you know, we've decided that is the vitamin D and the vitamin A in fish oil and uh, cod liver oil that that settles down that nuttiness you get when you have these dark periods. And these areas of the world, like if you go to an Iceland grocery store, for example, in the supermarket, there will be an aisle that is, as far as the eye can see, of varieties of fish cod oil. liver oil and fish oils. Huh. They just drink the stuff, you know, by the blah, blah, blah. And uh, it keeps you sane. It's, it's good for people who have that disorder from uh, to, not enough light. Maybe we should mention, uh, I don't know if, if he sent a donation, uh, but we got that note from uh, Vonderhelm. I think he did, yeah. And uh, is, yeah, did he donate? I think so. Was he on well, the maybe, list? Maybe, oh, I don't hard. know. He's donated before. So uh, Anyway, he, he, so he's in Finland where they also have that, you know, the six months of darkness or whatever. And right. he says he's having trouble donating because he had a drive a speeding ticket of six hundred and eighty euros. And we're like, six hundred. I thought L.A. was crazy. Six hundred and eighty euros, and it's because he drove one hundred and twenty four kilometers per hour under hundred kilometer per hour motorway in Lapland. The way they do that in Finland, the level of the of the fine is dependent upon your income based on last year's tax filing. Is that amazing? That's outrageous. Yeah, so now, in other words, if you got no income, you're poor, you can travel as fast, as, fast as, you want. as you want. Yeah. It's just encouraging poor people to kill themselves. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Enough said. Enough said. Yeah, that was terrible. All right. That's $1,000, essentially, yeah. for a no, speeding it's, ticket. That yeah, wasn't it even that big of a deal. It wasn't like he was going 200 kilometers an hour. 124 and 100 kilometers. Well, it stops. Yeah, it, it, it shuts what, you up. What is 100 uh um, 124 is basically like 70 miles an hour, and 100 is... Yeah, I'm going to do the calculation. Yeah, I think 100 is like 60? 
162. So the, six, the so the speed limit was 62 miles an hour. You know, it was, you know, it was 60 basically, you yeah. know, for all yeah. practical purposes. And he went like 73. And he was doing 74. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Shut up, slave. That's what that is. My goodness. Yeah, no in, kidding. Hey, in Lapland, okay? Lapland. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. You know, when I was up there, I was in a... Um, in Lapland, and we were on the snowmobiles driving around, and I was told, and I ended up seeing them, they actually have uh, these roads for the snowmobiles, and they have speed limits, and cops are all over the place. They'll wow. try to get you a ticket for speeding in a snowmobile. When, when we, were, we were driving back from San Antonio, all the, the uh, San Antonio is like Gitmo. Here in Austin, it's like, drive safely. That's what you see on the, on the, on the, the highway light signs. In yeah. San Antonio, it's like, Drink, drive, go to jail. I'm like, <laughs> you skip the step there. Get caught. Jeez. Anyway, let's onwards. Scott uh, Rezepka in Villa Park, uh, or Via Park would be in California, but Villa Park, Illinois, I'm sure it's not Via. 5510, uh, drunk with one hour before New Year's and almost <laughs> forgot to donate. Happy New Year's, mofos. Check out my buddy Parth as a, oh, call out my buddy Parth as a douchebag. Douchebag. Hey, Parth, <laughs> you're a douchebag. Hey, we need more drunk donors. Uh, yeah, Chad Nelson, Boise, Idaho. He's also succinct as a drunk. Uh, Chad Nelson, Boise, Idaho, double nickels on the dime. We're not reaching my goal of knighthood this year and daily being reminded of this fact by my liege, Sir Reistad. I have high hopes for the new year. Please send karma in the hopes that more faithful will go to vinylrocket.com slash NA and get a no agenda, no agenda sticker. <laughs> no agenda sticker. <laughs> this uh, directly supports the show, and I pull these purchases and eat the shopping for the best podcast in the universe. Eat the shipping, actually. Uh, eat the yeah, shipping, I, not the, not the Look, it's the first time it was, I was uh, too much champagne. All right, here comes Robert. Here come, wait, 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 karma, 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 karma. You've got karma. Can't, can't forget the karma. Rob, you got it. He's got the karma now. Robert Kane in Columbia, Alabama. Double nickels on the dime. Dear media assassins, my wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I told her, the fact of the matter is I want to be a donor, not a donor. And to give the, to the best podcast in the universe, she rolled her eyes and said, not those crackpot and bud, bug killer no, guys. Crock, crock You're always going Crockpot and bug killer guys are always going on about. Yeah, crockpot and bug kill. <laughs> I, I like corrected it. her slight mispronunciation. She rolled her eyes again and said, whatever. <laughs> A few days after Christmas, I was telling her about your segment on how Ron Paul isn't so short. And she says, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that if you want to get a boner and donate to those crack pipe and buzzsaw guys, you can. <laughs> I ran straight to the computer singing Dvorak.org slash and the whole way. If you would, please de-douchify me and play the kids singing the MILFs jingle for me, uh, for she who must be obeyed. <laughs> 73, Robert Kane, <laughs> N4, IXT. Hold on a second. What does he want now? He wants a de-douching. douchebag. De no, he wants a de-douching uh, MILF combo. <laughs> That's one hot milf, baby. <laughs> You've been de-douched. <laughs> That's a fine woman right there. That's a fine woman. Married no, to you, know what? It's just, it, you know what? It, it, takes, uh, it takes two in a relationship. Yeah. B bug kill. Yeah. <laughs> Rock pot. <laughs> Kent O'Rourke, Frostburg, Maryland. 
Thank you once again for the best podcast in the world, uh, Double Nickels on the Dime. Adam Shasted in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, 5311, thank you for taking my money. Silver <laughs> shots of whiskey and tequila to make me kind of the man you want me to be. Karma works. Yes. Clinton Sluice, pronounced Sluice forever and always due to the show, asked that uh, Shasticles, Adam Shasted, receive karma for a raise, and I did. Wow. Please give my hot wife, Allison, a MILF Clifton MILF? That's one mother I'd like to. And I only, uh, Juice and I are the only donators of our group, so if you could please be <laughs> call out for non-donating douchebag friends. I, Eric, I, He's drunk. Eric Merchurley, I think he's drunk. Jason Hill. Douchebag. Corey Clinton. Douchebag. Jason Sanders. Douchebag. And since I'm drunk, I think I've missed a few others. I'm sure I have. So to recap, I need a bill for my wife. I'll see some <laughs> douchebag call-outs. Oh, wait a minute. I already did those names. Don't forget to call yourself lotionally. It's very important. Ron Paul 2012. <laughs> 2016. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. That uh, I it's love a that survival place we can go visit. He says, "Nice." Uh, <clears throat> Celtica dot com in Zurich, fifty one fifty one. Please give a karma to the Celtica apps available for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. Oh, I know who that is. That's a comic strip blogger. You've oh, got karma. got apps. Yeah, he makes apps. What is he doing for the for the Android? I think he only, I don't know if he does, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, let's take a look. Well, Celtica.com? Yeah. C-E-L-L-T-I-C-A. <sighs> let's see what kind of apps he makes. <clears throat> ah, waiting for Celtica. Oh, uh, of course, we've uh, we've crashed his site now. What, five guys? <laughs> the entire chat room. Let's, oh, he's got the iPhone apps and iPad apps. Oh, oh it's interesting. He's, uh-huh. got, he's got a Jeff Smith app. <clears throat> He's got a tilt to photo app, a cartographer app, XL XSLT app, Swiss German. And you've got a Mevio app. Really? That's odd. Huh. All right. All right. Onward. Thomas Starkweather, Brooklyn, New York, 5115. Like to request karma for his girlfriend, Dawn. She's a documentary filmmaker and in the process of applying for film festivals. Her film, World on a String, is brilliant. And I'm obviously biased, but it's the best film on the world yo-yo competition that exists. Huh. World on a string dot com. Also, a birthday greeting for my friend Dave. We got him listed, mm-hmm. and it happens to be his birthday. And the reason he's working on his birthday, we don't. Oh, he. I'm also the reason he's working on his birthday. But I only like to hire the best photographers I know to work with me. Give her a karma, Don. You've got karma. Hold on, so Richard. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the trailer. No, oh, for World on the String. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be any spoken word. Oh, that's crazy. Championships. Uh. It's like being in the World Series, but for yo yo. Just like awesome. being in the World Series, only not only, just only for yo-yos. Yeah, it's yeah, different. Cool. All right, just a couple more. Uh, Richard uh, in San Francisco, 50 bucks. I, RM Deg, R, I don't even know what this means. Oh, he's RM and Tech on Twitter. I've been 
following uh, your show for a while. I've decided to donate. Just moved to San Francisco from NYC, which is unusual. and was going the other way. As my mother and sister recently passed away, and I oh. came to back west to be near the remainder of my family for, the, for now. I'm an IT slave and landed a job in the city. I wanted to donate earlier about my family expenses moving, and the rest of it he has a number of excuses. Keep up the great work, John and Adam. Your show is the best at weeding through the BS that is being fed to us. Thank you very much. Even though I didn't ask for it, I'm going to give him a little karma shot. Yeah, good idea. You've got karma. Then we have Brian Barrow and Wooten, uh, Wiltshire in uh, the UK, $50. Uh, this year's greeting from Wooten Bassett, as in Wooden, Wooten Bassett. Here's another 50 turns, my number one source of information to keep you guys on the air. Also, start off my wife, Mara's, Mara's Damehood. I don't count toward your Afro-American listenership, but keep your black British count in at, to at least one. Hmm. Give it the great work and best for 2012, at least until the world ends. Which I think, is later. Uh, doesn't Brian become a knight today? I believe he becomes a knight today. Let me, let me check. But he, yes. I, he's going to be he's a black, a black knight. knight. It looks black like knight. he should have been a knight a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Awesome. And finally, last but not least, uh, Greg Brunstall in Kenosha, Wisconsin, $50. And awesome. We want to thank them and everyone else who's helped us on this show today. Uh, reminding you to go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, NoAgendaShow.com and uh, NoAgendaNation.com. And there's a donation button there, too. Right. And uh, what do we have to remember? What? Donating is loving. Donate. Donation is love. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Please uh, continue to support us uh, through the darker days of the year when most people are uh, not, not listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> this showed up late. I know you got one as well, and I'm sorry uh, that uh, I hung it in the tree uh, two days ago when I got it, so it's still in there. In the morning, Adam West here from Gitmo Nation Freshwater. That's uh, Manitoulin Island, Ontario. I spend a lot of my spare time making Christmas ornaments on my scroll saw using the shape of Manitoulin on the design. There are 10 yeah, islands. Yeah, it's very in the interesting. I like it. It's a duck. <clears throat> yeah. It's actually quite pretty. It is. 99% of the time I'm listening to No Agenda, and I don't know how I could do without you guys. I would go nuts or cut my finger off listening to Alex Jones. So I would like, well, you could store that. Storable food. <laughs> So I'd like you to have this ornament as a token of my appreciation for all you do. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and have a very unbogative New Year. Maybe next year we could come up with a, a No Agenda Christmas ornament for the shill to sell. I think it's a great idea. Wes, thank you uh, very much. Uh, extra karma shot uh, from Minuteman uh, Oscar Nadal, a.k.a. the romantic Hispanic. Can I get a karma shot to my friends in the Faros, Jedi Knights, Heat Seized, West we just did that. We, we did that. We did that? Yeah, I think so. Really? It was in the list. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was too busy eating my uh, carrot. Well, that was less lame then. I'm sorry. Did we give him That's a karma? Okay. Did we give him a karma shot? He pharaohs or Jedi Knights, Heat Seas, West Side Flying Elephant Scooter Clubs. We did that. Oh, that was he's way at the, the beginning. Oscar. He's getting his right. uh, knighthood today. That's, right. Okay. It was way at the beginning. I got it. Okay. All right. All right. It's your birthday, birthday. I'm a bonehead. Sorry about that. Sir Oleg congratulates his brother, Sir Constantine Racketeen, uh, who celebrates his birthday today, January 1st, 2012. Thomas Starkweather congratulates his buddy Dave on his birthday, and that's all I've got on the list. And, of course, as always, cards will be on the way. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. Yeah. Better known as the best podcast in the universe. I, I, could, I was I don't looking know. at something. Did I you get know. the... Uh, 
There's Whatever. one that one birthday thing. That I don't know which did one. You, which were one? Were there I... three? Did you get three? No, I only had two. Oh, you had? Did you look at the the one that's on the show? Redux, Redux. We had one. I, I uh, thought I did Redux. We missed Redux. one, I guess. Oh no! Along the no, I, I copied Redux, Redux. Hold on. I'll open it. Uh, this is this does not bode well. No, well, this is the beginning of the year. We, we, we get off to a rocky start. No, I have, I have, uh, I have Redux. I have uh, Sir Oleg. No, Redux, Redux. Redux, Redux? I don't have Redux, Redux. You should. Uh, it's a higher up. It's the last one oh that my came goodness. in. Well, you know, come on. No, it's only two birthdays there. I have Redux, Redux. Uh, that, that's Redux, but Redux, no, Redux. I have, I have Redux, Redux. I have Redux, Redux right here. Redux, Redux. What do you have then? What's the what's the third well, birthday? I got Unfortunately, I'm I'm looking at one of these idiotic <laughs> websites. And I'm trying yeah. to get back to the mail. Big talk what? there. Well, I'm, I mean, you know, I was uh, uh, just I'm trying looking, to save I'm looking the day at, I'm for this looking poor at, girl that was not getting mentioned. Well, who was it then? Oh. Sucks. Hold on, I got to reopen my email and well, find luck, Redux Redux. Luckily, there's no spam in there. There isn't. Yeah, t- t- uh, daughter Ashley for Sir Tom Derry. All right, we'll say it again. Sir Tom Derry, daughter Ashley's for his daughter Ashley. He sent us a request the other day, and apparently it was in, I don't know where it ended up. So he sent another note in saying that we missed him, Mrs. Daughter's birthday. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is the, oh, okay. That's the, that's the night. <sighs> Do you think you okay, can? Okay, okay. So I'm. It's my fault. Can you? Do you think you can get your blade out without cutting yourself? Or do we have to dull that thing down? You know, I don't want you hurting yourself now. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Sir Tom Derry, would you please have your daughter Ashley step forward? Thank you, Brian Barrow. Come forward, you Black Knight, you and Oscar Nadal. All of you have supported the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe, in the amount of $1,000 or more. So I hereby proudly pronounce thee, Dame Ashley, Sir Brian Barrow, Black Knight, and Sir Oscar Nadal. All knights and dame of the No Agenda Roundtable, come on over. Red boys and Chardonnay, hookers and blow and hot pants and booze for you. And of course, a ring on the way now that they're in, the shill has informed us uh, by the tweeters. That uh, the new rings are in, which is yeah, great. Be out, and that means we'll lose another five to the mail system in Canada, and another three to the mail system in the UK. It does happen. It does happen. That's you okay. Get the, uh, Eric DeShill was uh, complaining about this, but he says what's weird is he, I think we have like a couple of of um, nights in Africa that you know who go by the the mailing address of you know the Congo. <laughs> the Congo, you know, general delivery. The Congo, and they get their they no problem getting their ring. But then, but the North Dakota problem. Oh, North Dakota is okay. It's when they get to Canada. It's oh, these Canada, Commonwealth right. states. Yeah. Oh, places. right. Canada right. and the UK are the two worst. Well, the UK is clearly censoring our shipments. How about the uh, the North Koreans? Did they ever get their T-shirts and stuff? Did we ever have ha- yet to find out? Yeah, that doesn't. Sure they got well. They, I don't know if they got them or not. <laughs> you know, they, they don't. They're not communicating with us. No, they, well, you know, they fired off that ballistic missile in Iran. Maybe uh, those guys were on it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Did you see the pictures of uh, or the movies or the BBC report on Kim Jong Un? Un. 
No. And the poor kid, he looks like he's, he just looks like he's out of place. <laughs> and he's got some weird haircut. He looks like he's pooping in his diaper, doesn't he? And he's got some weird haircut that is like some punk <laughs> thing where it's like shaved on the side. He's got a big thing hanging down in the front. I think it could be a, a new look. Well, it's pretty weird looking. I, 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 I don't know. I don't think he's, he's – when he's looking over the crowd of like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people standing there stiff, he's looking – I just imagine him thinking, how do I get out of here with some money and go live in Paris? <laughs> Maybe I can call Hillary. Because apparently he spent a lot of time in Paris, and he was even educated for a couple of years in Switzerland. Oh, really? So he's not clueless to, as to what, what what's wrong. Hmm. So I don't, uh, I'm looking I don't know. at yeah, it is kind of a he's got like kind of the shade. He's got like a fade, like a shaved fade on the side, and it's yeah, kind it's of a fade. He's, I'm surprised he hasn't got some logo. <laughs> There's a dollar sign tattooed on his head. That's exactly like those guys in San Antonio look like. Yeah, it's totally. It's hmm. a new look. I got to talk to Uncle Don about what what this all means. Yeah, you should. It's funny. He sent out a a Christmas letter, and no. uh, yeah, and it had like pictures of stuff. And I guess it yeah. snowed in October up there in upstate New York. And he, and he has a picture of, like, you know, two feet of snow on everything outside. And it says, October surprise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> very funny, Uncle Don. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Hey, some weird... You gotta get him to listen to the show. Uh, I don't know if he's still... I think Aunt Meg listens. I think she eh, might listen. He doesn't listen. listen. No. No, he's annoyed by it. Just, I'm sure he is annoyed by it. Why wouldn't he be? It's annoying. The show is annoying. But he also looks at, I, watched, I actually observed him watching news. Now, people have to know, my, Google Donald Gregg, and you'll know who my uncle is. Um, so he watches ABC, and he just sits there, like me and you, by the way. Bull crap. CIA. <laughs> Bull crap. He's like, CIA. Nah, scripted. Nah, message. Nah. And then he switches over to, to PBS, and he'd be like, ah, man, that guy's an a-hole. Ah, ah, these, ah, Israel is starting to piss me off. Ah. <laughs> hey, Ehud used to be a good guy. What happened to him? <laughs> it's funny. He's a reality show. He really is. Yeah, no, it sounds hilarious. But that's what we do when we watch the news. In fact, my whole family now. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. I mean, that's why JC came up with it. But he, he's a little more advanced. I mean, he's looking at the, the why the legs are now positioned on the left-hand side of the Fox News broadcast instead of the, where the logo is, which I still think. I was watching it again, and they've kept Guilfoyle over there. She has really got some dynamite legs, I have to say. Well, that's what you do in news, man. That's how it works. This was a report that I didn't understand. Well, New Year's Eve started with some tense moments at a Texas airport. The Midland Airport was evacuated after a TSA agent found explosives on someone at a checkpoint. The airport is now back to normal operations. CBS News reports the man was a soldier recently back from Afghanistan and was not considered a security threat. <laughs> okay, so there's a soldier... Recently back from Afghanistan with uh, C4 explosives, but he's not a security threat. What is what is this report telling us? What did it test what? test of the TSA? Uh, what's he doing with the C4? Was he going to go blow up some chickens? <laughs> I don't know. But what what does it mean? And why? They, oh, he's a soldier. That's oh, okay. That's all right then. He's he's a soldier. That's all good. I found that to be very strange. And no follow up. That, is, that of course. was weird. And then uh, NPR, a national treasure. My goodness, th this was hilarious, this whole report. From Pakistan to the web now, where it wasn't hard this year to find a terrorist group. Well, uh, John, did you know that? This year, in 2011, last year, yeah. wasn't fine, hard to find a terrorist group on the web. Huh. Huh. 
There were Al-Qaeda videos on YouTube. Oh, no, on YouTube? Did you see the Al-Qaeda videos on YouTube? <laughs> Facebook pages by Islamic militants in Somalia. Mm. And uh-huh. webzines by Al-Qaeda webzines. affiliates. <laughs> webzines. <laughs> Webzines. It gets better. It gets so much better. But webzines. Webzines. Yes, webzines. You know, webzines. You've heard of webzines. <laughs> the Temple Rastin reports that terrorist groups have not quite figured out how to use social media. To- uh, John, here's another business opportunity for us. They haven't quite well, figured I out how to Hillary use it. Hillary will take care of it. Their advantage. If there were an award for the best-known terrorist music recording, it'd probably go to the Somali group Al-Shabaab for this YouTube video. Al-Shabaab, Shabaab. I think we should do the the uh, TMTV Awards, the Terrorist Music Television Awards. (laughs) Yeah, now there's our opportunity. There's the opportunity. Al Jazeera would pick it up in a minute. And this year, ladies and gentlemen, Al-Shabaab wins once again. And then we'd have like Jay-Z. Like, you know, uh, no, what the, who's the guy who interrupted uh, Taylor Swift? Right, uh, Kanye West. Kanye West. Be like, well, here, what, we, we hey, man, <laughs> just right now, so we're in that mood, play the AVN awards clip so we know what it's going to be like. <laughs> we're going to do this. We are definitely doing We're going to produce this. Best porn star website. <laughs> Joanna Angel, JoannaAngel.com. Lisa Ann, TheLisaAnn.com. Jessica Drake, JessicaDrake.com. Lupe Fuentes, ILoveLupe.com. Jenna Hayes, JennaHayes.com. Sunny Leone, SunnyLeone.com. Wait! Boom. Who will win? And the winner is. And the winner is Al Shabab! Joanna Angel! That's great. We're gonna do that. We can we can produce that. Oh yeah. Let's let's listen to uh, to our winner here from uh, Al Shabaab. Bomb by bomb, blast by blast. <laughs> Only gonna bring back the glorious past. This too became so popular it was actually covered by a number of jihadis. I was actually uh, humming it to myself Why just is the it other in day. English? <laughs> Why is it in English? Why are they in English? I'd like to know. <laughs> Because we're recruiting the kids, dude. Recruiting Western American kids who we can then go drone through the drone kill chain. But wait, there, it's it's been covered. There's cover versions now. Who added hip-hop beats and rap lyrics to it. From the east to the west, the heads will spin. Word by word. U.S. All right. Stop everything. GX2, we totally need a terrorist rap. With a hip-hop beat. Don't do it. <laughs> and Sir Jeff... No, nobody gets the joke. Don't oh, do it, GX2. I can't believe this is on the radio. And to say, like, yeah, it's, it's the number one. Hey, number, number one... Number one would what morons. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Adam Curry here with the Terrorist MTV Countdown. Number 40 on the chart. We've got Al Shabab who are back with the remix with a hip-hop beat. All the kids are loving it. <laughs> Let's check it out as they go to the east to the west and bring it down bringing down the capitalist pigs we should do that show yeah it would be a f- little segment I mean, play some of this crap i wonder what, what other junk they've produced well, apparently it's not hard to find because you know it was all over the web Plus, in 2011 sounds like from that yeah. report i never heard of this wait let's uh, let's consult the book of knowledge hold on a second let me see al shabab well, we al shabab is a you know, music video operation hip 
hop. Well, of course it's. I mean, El Shabab hip hop is that the way you're looking it up? Yeah. Do you, Do you think that? I mean, Hillary needs some help. If this is the best she can come up with. Oh yeah. Then she really she really needs news it. for El Shabab hip hop Somali hip hop band fighting Al Shabab for hearts and mind. Oh, there's a couple. There's a competitive group. Wait a minute. We have we have a contest. Yeah, that means there's a potential for an award show. I don't. Where, where do you see the? Uh, what did you? I looked Google? up El Shabab hip hop and I just went straight to, uh, to the web search. Web search or video search? Web web search. Oh, hold on a second. And then it has all this. Like Guardian has a big article. Wait, wait, on. Hold on a second. Here's from uh, September twentieth. This is uh, Alex Group member hip hop in. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the stage at the Terrace Music Television Awards. Alex Group member hip hop is El Shabab. Okay, no, it wasn't that good. I don't see any videos. It should be so easy to find. No, there's one. Alex Group member hip hop in Ez El Shabab. Yeah, but that's an interview. Oh. Here, Wayaha Yakaba El Shabab? This is bogative. Here's a PDF of El Shabab. <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is the Justice Ministerate in Denmark, the El Shabaab PDF. The Ideological Foundations. What is this El Shabaab? You know, we didn't, two years ago, no one ever heard of Here, El Shabaab. I think it was a chicken place that used to serve barbecue. Now it's this big terrorist organization. This is bull crap. It's not, it's not a terrorist organization. It's a hip-hop organization. Here we go. I've got one. Wayaha Kasub. Yo, 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 yeah, man, I can see how that could uh, get the kids all interested in oh, blowing yeah. up stuff. Got me tapping my toes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, now on to some serious stuff. Hello, Gitmo Nation East. Hello, Gitmo Nation East. A report about the CCTV tag and track. Have you heard of this new uh, wonderful technology they're deploying there, John? Uh, no, but I'm sure I will. Great Britain may be one of the most watched nations in the world. A rough count by police earlier this year estimated there were 4.2 million cameras in the country. That's nearly one for every 15 people. And now there's a piece of software that lets them know exactly who you are. Tag and Track identifies individuals when they enter a camera network, assigning them a unique identifier so it knows where they've been, who they've been there with and where they are now. Ipsotech, the software's developers, have also created systems that catch casino cheats and detect car crashes. But they say Tag and Track is the one that could change the way surveillance works. Andrew Eggington is the company's finance director. When you want to go back and suddenly either locate a person or find out where their journey went, uh, you find them in a slot of video, you do a, a simple click, and it's like doing a Google search on the data. So you get an instantaneous result which tells you this is the person's whole journey, this is every clip of video uh, that they appeared in, every camera they were in front of, and if they're in the city centre at that moment, uh, it will tell you this is where they are now. So I really like this because the memes are subtle. 
But when he says it's like a Google search, so of course I'm like, yeah, all you have to do is integrate that with Google search. And, and how about, because, uh, you know, Google Plus now has Find My Face. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have, as a matter of fact. Find My Face. So Find My Face. And, of course, Facebook has this very same tagging technology. So you're going to walk into frame, one camera for every 15 people, and it's going to go, John C. Dvorak, Al-Shabaab hip-hopper. CCTV is probably the most visible form of surveillance that's, that's around at the moment. Um, but I think in some ways that probably means it's the, the least insidious. <laughs> <laughs> this guy represents the CCTV user group, which I guess implies the people who are, uh, uh, are being spied on, but I think it's actually the operators. Um, I mean, a recent survey by the CCTV user group um, showed that um, there's massive support for public space CCTV. <laughs> so I'm not convinced that, um, that there is a concern. Massive support. Massive support. Everyone loves it. Ipsotech <laughs> claims that Tag and Track could seamlessly integrate with information from other recognition sensors. Mm -hmm. Or other sites. There you go. That's it. You're done. You're toast. This is exactly what's the, the, the show which I recommend people would start watching. The um, uh, new J.J. Uh, Abrams show, uh, Persons of Interest, right. uh, is all about. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they turn into a... They turn into into entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much we need to do in two, in 2012, John. There really is. There's so much we need to do. We can do this entertainment. I'll tell you what. This is gonna. You know what? My prediction will be. I'm gonna put it down here. Uh, my prediction is what this is gonna create is a new trend toward men wearing hats. Oh, that's already forbidden. What do you mean it's forbidden? Yeah, it's forbidden. You're not allowed to wear your hat in uh, in banks, in uh, grocery stores. Yeah, you have what? to take. Yes, you can't wear a hat. Yes, sir. Oh, this is in the what if U.S. You're bald and you want to wear a hat. This is in the U.S. already. Hats forbidden. I'm going to. Well, you got to find me. The book of knowledge. Hats forbidden. Yeah, hats forbidden. Yeah, it's everywhere. Hats forbidden. Let's just do banks. In banks, and uh, uh, like, of course, now I can't find it. Yeah, this is there's already. Uh, uh, Wait, huh? Hey, you dreamed this. You had a no. I did not dream, dream this. You dreamed that hats are forbidden. No, I did not dream this. This is a. Uh, uh, wow. Now I can't find it. Of course. Hold on a second. Let me look at news. I'm telling you, this was this was a news. This was a news story uh, a while ago. There's some really nice hats on this Forbidden Planet site. There's <laughs> ones that they have a face on the hat. <laughs> I want to get one of these. There's some really nice, really nice hats. <laughs> like, they'll be forbidden, John. A Sonic baseball hat where you have Sonic the Hedgehog on the hat. That'll confuse these things. Here it's I have cold. The... Some places it's cold. I was, I just bought a new hat. As a matter of fact, to, to, to replace a cap I lost, not a cap, but a fur hat. That you know, when you're in real cold climbs, you want to, you have to have a hat on your head. You can't not have one. No, you, you can't... freeze to death. No, I'm, I'm telling you, hat. Let me try hat ban UK. Maybe that's it. Hats banned from Yorkshire pubs over CCTV fears. 
There you Why go. is it a fear? Fear of what? So that the, you can't, uh, so you, they can't see you. Well, who's see afraid? You. Oh, I'm afraid that my CCTV's not going to work? Yeah, because you can't identify the, sus- the suspect. Because you're a suspect. Here, pubs in Yorkshire. You're a suspect just going to a pub? With a hat on. Pubs in Yorkshire have been ordered to ban people from wearing flat caps or other hats so troublemakers can be more easily recognized. Why can't the pub guy spot the troublemaker? Isn't that his job? He's the bartender. <laughs> what kind of wimps live in Yorkshire that put up with this crap? <laughs> Do we have any, any knights or any uh, contributors from Yorkshire? Probably not. No, they ain't wearing hats. Meanwhile, Here. they have this article that you're talking about, and there's two people standing there with hats. That that's okay. Peter Salas left the BBC's last of the summer wine epitomizes Yorkshire's flat cap tradition. Yeah, it's that little flat cap that guys drive around in when yeah. they drive in an old MG. Yeah. And how is that? <laughs> you can't identify the guy if he's got the flat cap on? No. Nope. What kind no. of technology is this? Boy's family angry over hat ban. Let's see what this is. Parents of a 13-year-old schoolboy are angry that his school is making him take lessons in isolation. Hey, slave, shut up and sit in the ISO cell because he turned up wearing a baseball cap. He has alopecia. This poor kid. He's going bald and he can't wear a cap. Show your bald head, slave. (laughs) That's basically it. His mom says it's like putting him in solitary confinement, punishing him for being bald. Yeah, they aren't that bald. They're baldists. Baldists. <laughs> Baldists. This is not okay. Hey, man, stop harshing on our baldies, okay? This is just not okay. Oh, boy. The Boston, speaking of slaves, the Boston Consulting Group uh, has now come out with a report and says uh, don't outsource to China. Mississippi, Alabama, and South Carolina. That boat Ca- is left. Yeah, Mississippi, <laughs> Alabama, and South Carolina are going to be cheaper. <laughs> that's where well, you that's should, probably true in the next few years. Yeah, that's where you should be. Work, that's where you should be working your slaves. But isn't this kind of like the whole idea behind this? The whole crash of our economy is to make us the slave nation. Yeah, there is a uh, there is a. I have to read this a little more, but there's a book out by uh, the uh, Slovenian philosopher Zizek on Iraq, and his thesis is the. Uh, that the war uh, against Iraq was actually, a, if you really deconstructed <laughs> properly, was a war against the U.S. public uh, to yeah. get them to knuckle under to all these crazy things. So we we're essentially, uh, we've been under siege by uh, these What's the name of this book? What's the, is this a book you said? Yeah, it's called Iraq. I'll get you the name. We'll put it in the show notes. To, I'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I want to read this. I want to read this. Well, anyway, no, it's it, actually quite readable. It all fits in nicely. This, of course, is promotion uh, as starting today uh, by presidential proclamation, um, I shall read the uh, the first paragraph from our president. My administration continues to implement our comprehensive strategy to combat human trafficking in America uh, by coordinating a response across federal agencies. Uh, thereby, as the power invested in me as president of these United States, I now pronounce this National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So uh, you all are slaves and we're not selling you, I think is what that means. National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And he's got to be pissed off that Demi and, and, and Ashton are divorced because they were the spokesholes for this. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, I want to mention there was another dead blackbirds. Uh, same, yeah, same thing as, uh, as last year, New Year's Eve. 
Yeah, and somebody, you know, maybe it is some crazy. I think the Chinese have been doping their fireworks with some sort of chemical. No, no, no. This is because someone fired their harp array. That's why we got that uh, warning shot off Japan. Why would they do it on the same day every year at the, the New Year's? Well, it's their version of fireworks. I mean, there's a bunch of elites <laughs> a sitting, of fireworks. sitting around drinking champagne. Like, eh, John, come over here. Let me show you what I'm going to shoot off this New Year. <laughs> Watch Japan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, by the way, extra bonus. Watch the blackbirds in Arkansas. <laughs> That's what they do. It was another. It was a shallow earthquake, by the way. They say it was like very deep, but it wasn't. It was uh, only uh, nine kilometers. Japan. Yeah, it was only nine kilometers under the ocean bed. So, mm-hmm. they, so this thing skips around the ionosphere, and it's you know, so it hit, it hits Arkansas, goes from Alaska, bounces down to Arkansas, right, zaps the birds, off the birds, bounced off the birds, Oops. yeah, bounced off or the birds, ran, and then uh, and then zapped to Japan. Poor buggers! It's, it's telling you this; their version of fireworks is what they do. So uh, they, so uh, I have it in the show clip. If you want to play it or not, yeah, I'd love to. What is it? It's a it's a, one of those long. But always entertaining Napolitano rants about oh, how good. we're screwed and the Patriot Act stinks and it's unconstitutional. And nobody's doing anything about it. Okay. So uh, basically more of the same. And we, we could more be- it's the same thing. I've now come to the conclusion <laughs> that he's just a honeypot to get you know people like-minded individuals who think that the, the, the Constitution is being uh, uh, you know abused and obliterated. Right. They just go gravitate to that show and they think something's being accomplished when nothing's being accomplished. You're just he's just letting off steam, but it's still entertaining. As entertainment, it's a plus. And that's what we do here on the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. Uh, please check out my new website, which is RonPaulWon'tWin.com. And be sure to submit some links because I'm recording uh, all the mofos in the mainstream media who say he won't win. So ronpaulwontwin.com. Yeah, I got got time on my hands here in between watching C-SPAN. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the capital of uh, the Drone Star State here in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from sunny northern Silicon Valley, where uh, this was a nice new year, I think we're going to have a great 2012, everybody. I'm John C. Dvorak. Well, it'll be our last year, that's for sure. And we'll be back again on Thursday with another episode of the best podcast in the universe. Please join us then, right here on No Agenda. D.C. and New York City, murdering more than 3,000 Americans. The government responded by launching wars in Afghanistan and in Iraq and by passing the Patriot Act, a reprehensible and unconstitutional piece of legislation that granted federal and local authorities truly unprecedented and unconstitutional powers to conduct searches without warrants. We gave up a great deal of liberty in response to these horrific attacks. But what do we get in return? Are we really any safer? Are we any freer? In this argument, I looked back on the 10-year anniversary of the attacks on 9-11. Take a listen. Does the government work for us or do we work for the government? Is the loss of life on 9-11 a justification for the loss of freedom that the Bill of Rights have guaranteed? Tonight, life, liberty, and truth. Sunday is the 10th anniversary of 9-11. One decade later, Americans are still struggling to understand exactly what happened. What will we remember and what will future generations come to believe about 9-11? 
Will it be the loss of life on that day, or will it be the even greater loss of life in the global conflicts that directly ensued? Will it be the short-term security precautions, such as the orders to shoot down any planes carrying innocent civilians, or will it be the lingering destruction of our rights to privacy from unlawful government surveillance, the institutionalization of government torture, and the government-generated semi-nudity and near-sexual assaults at our airports? Will future generations ever know the full truth about the events that led to 9-11? Or will they accept the government account of what happened? An account that the CIA's own bin Laden unit chief Michael Scheuer calls, quote, a whitewash from top to bottom. In the years preceding 9-11, Osama bin Laden was a young freedom fighter who promised American officials he'd help them to oust the Soviets from Afghanistan. Following the defeat of the Soviets and the fall of the Berlin Wall, capitalism was triumphant and communism was gone. But in 1991, when the United States invaded Iraq for the first time, we established military bases in a land revered by Islam. Furious at the American government for desecrating their lands, bin Laden and his maniacal associates began plans that would lead to the clash of civilizations that culminated in the tragic events of 9-11. But the signs of trouble were apparent after the bombings of the American embassies in Africa and the initial bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993. It has now become increasingly clear that the Clinton administration should have done something. Michael Scheuer claims that bin Laden was identified as the mastermind of those attacks and was targeted multiple times and could have been captured and tried for these assaults. But President Clinton himself said no. Last year, retired Army Colonel Anthony Schaefer, a career intelligence officer, wrote a book entitled Operation Dark Heart, in which he shows that during his time serving on the secret Able Danger Project, he and his colleagues identified Mohammed Atta, the key 9-11 hijacker involved in the planes that struck the towers, a year before he struck, and they found him here in America. Although Colonel Schaefer brought this to the attention of the 9-11 Commission and was told he would testify, he was eventually turned away. And none of this intelligence was given to the American people. It was literally the politicians covering for each other because they failed to protect us. Question. How many government agents and bureaucrats have been fired for being asleep at the switch on 9-11? Answer. None. How many persons have been prosecuted for failing to do their duty in the years preceding 9-11? Answer, none. How many persons have been tried for committing the attacks on 9-11? Answer, none. Why is the government afraid of the truth? In the days after 9-11, while the country wept and the war hawks screamed for blood, one quiet voice rang out from the despair and offered a simple solution to solve our problems in a manner set forth in the Constitution. Texas Congressman Ron Paul offered legislation to authorize the president to send paid assassins to capture or kill bin Laden and his cohorts. It would have cost just a few hundred thousand dollars instead of the two trillion dollars that Presidents Bush and Obama have borrowed and spent on our wars in the Middle East. But that voice was drowned out in the ocean of tears and cries for blood and occupation and regime change. The bill failed and the wars came and the blood flowed and the borrowing of cash couldn't come fast enough. Now here we stand. A decade after the attacks, with thousands more dead and a bill for $2 trillion that needs to be paid. What have we learned, America? Do they truly hate us for our freedoms or for our presence in their lands? 
Have the terrorists won this war already by getting us to surrender our most basic rights in return for a false sense of security? Are the Constitution and our economy stronger now after this tragedy, or are they infinitely weaker? We will continue to ask all of this. I have two words for you. Predator drones. We can't wait. Adios, mofo. Dvorak.org slash N-A